This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode 38 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is Mike. No, your name is John. Okay, your name is John. No, no, John. My name is Mike, and your name is John. See, now I'm just confused. John, what was the name your mom gave you when you were born? Uh, Well, we don't talk about that. The records have been sealed. What is the name you legally now use? Uh, that would be Mike. No, it's not. Michael J. Labby. Oh, that's me. Oh. Well, then, you're going to get some interesting mail pretty soon here. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're you're John Spear. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, now that we've got that cleared up. The F is a mystery. Hey! Let's talk about the radio we listened to this week. Absolutely. I, oh, wait, no, did I listen to any radio? Probably not. I did, actually. Yeah? I listened to a few minutes of WHOM 94.9 and their 24 hours of Christmas music. God. And after you pulled the gun away from the temple? <laughs> well, I kicked it on because I throw it on every once in a while in the van to see if uh, uh, Nat King Cole's A Christmas Song comes on. And if it does, I listen to that. And if it doesn't, then I put a podcast on. <laughs> Couldn't you just get an MP3 of Nat King Cole's Christmas song? Okay, technically, it's already on my my, my (laughs) phone as an MP3 player, and that is actually already on there along with my podcast. Okay, but you know, it's different when it when it naturally comes on as opposed to when I you know yeah yeah. force things. So you're kind of like playing the lottery with this song. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, you know, if it kicks on, it's like, oh, I guess I'm I'm going to stay here for a little bit. <laughs> Decisions have been made for me. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, some some interesting, some good TV this week. I had the big uh, DC shows on CW crossover. Yeah. 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 So I had some had some good TV this week to talk about. Yeah, Shield came back this week. Uh, penultimate episode of Westworld. Yeah, big time. Yeah, there's some good stuff here. No Ash versus Evil Dead this week. They took a week off. And However, to make up for it, I watched Army of Darkness. <laughs> and I must say, I don't recall Bruce Campbell looking so young <laughs> as he does in that movie. He looks younger and, and more and, and, and fitter in that than he did in Evil Dead. <laughs> the original Evil Dead, I'm referring That's to. That's shocking. So, yeah, yeah. But anyhow... Uh, good times. Yeah. Well, he was kind of starting to, and I air quote this, make a name for himself in Hollywood at that point, which he he's never made a name for himself in Hollywood, but he was starting to get more roles, you know, in other B yeah. movies. So I would imagine he, was, he had he to was, be fit and get, he was getting in shape. Yeah. You know, he had that shirtless scene there, red yeah. shirt scene, and then <laughs> and then don't forget, I think Briscoe County. He got Bristol County not too long after that. Yeah. 
Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. So that was a solid show. Hey, you know, he does have a I, – I read recently, and I've been meaning to talk about it, and I know I haven't. And if I did, I don't remember. He's got a new book that's going to be coming out uh, end of next year. A third book? A third book. Wow. Unlike the second one, which was a satirical – you know, fiction book. Well, given how he hates sequels and he hates reboots, I feel like the title of his third book should be Please Stop Buying This Stuff and I'll Stop Writing It. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the title is going to be, but it's supposed to be just basically from where Chin's left off till now. So and burn think, notice I, type stuff and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what well, maybe Jack of All Trades as well. Bubba Hotep. Yeah, definitely some Ash vs. Evil Dead, I'm assuming, is going to be in there. Yeah, we'll probably hear about the lead-up to that. Probably stints on Spider-Man movies. Yeah, you know. And probably, I mean, the convention scene's never been bigger since before, since, you know you know what I mean, since yeah. his first now, so. But anyhow, I, I'll definitely be buying it. Hopefully he'll do a book tour and we can go meet him again. Nice. Because that was awesome that time. It sure was. Except that it was a very poorly designed um, waiting period. Remember how we were waiting outside for like yeah. three hours, but they didn't have an official line, so other people kept getting close to the front of the line. And yeah, it was weird. It we wasn't had to like set up tell people well go all. to the back, and they're like, "No, I'm not going to the back. I'm going to be right here." So we didn't even get front row. Yeah, we ended up. Well, we did get second row center, but yeah. yeah, we should have been in the front based on the fact of we were like the fifth person back in line. Yep. Yeah, people suck sometimes. Most times. Speaking of which, <laughs> oh, here it is. It's called "Hail to the Chin: Further Confessions of a B Movie Actor." Nice. That's a nice way to tie in "Hail to the August King, Baby." 2017. And Hail his to the Chin. Massive chin, and yeah. Okay, uh, you know, did you ever read his blog? His his old website had some blog posts on there, and the one that I read and reread was a letter he wrote to the phone company about trying to get a second phone line installed on his house. And this was back in the nineties. Did you ever read that? I did not. Oh my god, it was hilarious. I kind of wish it was still up there. I just I just thought of it for some reason. Absolutely hilarious. All right. Okay then. Let's focus. Yes. I'll focus. You're, you've been focused. So, John. Yes. If that is your real name. For now. What did you watch this week? A lot of stuff. Like, like we said at the uh, top of the show, there was a lot of stuff to take in this week and, and a lot of good things. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday, so... I have not watched the newest Dirk Gently. It's recording right now. Um, so I don't have any updates on that. But, uh, yeah, I'll just start off like I quite often do with The Walking Dead and say that uh, one of my problems with The Walking Dead this season is that it's become far too spread out again. You know, this week we had an episode with uh, Tara and... Mike or whatever his name is. Basically, two of them were out scavenging before all this stuff happened with the saviors. And we're finally getting back around to them. And that's the problem with shows or books when you have a, a strong, diverse cast that goes in separate directions is that you end up with these episodes where you're like, okay, it's five episodes before we get back to the characters I care about. But I have to suffer through all this stuff. So this one was a bit more upbeat. 
for the most part, but Terra came across a group, another group that we've yet to meet, and, and Tully was asking me if they are in the comics. I don't know. I haven't checked into I'm it. Sorry, who Mully? Yes, yes, Mister Mully. Mully um, was asking you. Got it. So they're they're a group of nothing but females, um, teenage and all the way up to grandmothers. And it turns out that they their entire group used to have males, but they were captured and indoctrinated into the saviors. And the saviors started off by killing all of their men. Every boy from age 10 and up uh, was slaughtered in front of them. And then they were made to be serving wenches and sex slaves and stuff like that. And they all banded together eventually and escaped. And now they live on this little coastal area deep in the woods where nobody can find them and their rule is any strangers get killed on sight. Period. So that means that Tara should have been killed, but, you know, she's a girl, so they kind of wanted to talk to her and figure things out. But, you know, they told her they'd let her go back to her group and then took her out in the woods and tried to kill her. And one of them took pity on her and liked her, so she helped her escape and get back to her group. And the end... This show sounds terrible. That that episode was not my favorite. It was again, it's you're you're having to stretch yourself too thin because you've introduced so many characters and then you put them in different areas and you have to bring them back together. So you, you gotta give a hard limit. You know, have like three groups and that's your hard limit. Don't have like six or seven different groups that we've got to keep track of because then you scatter your audience and you tend to lose interest. But that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, which is exactly the reason why I stopped watching it. Mm -hmm. And just didn't bother getting back into it. And then listening to you talk about it makes me... Yeah, it's unfortunate because they do have some... They have some very strong writing on there, and they have some good characters, but when they do stuff like this, it's annoying. And I think that a lot of people are such diehard fans that they're willing to overlook it and be like, you know, oh, it's okay, it's all right, you know, because it's Walking Dead, and I love Walking Dead. But at, at some point, you have to say, well, some of these episodes are not Walking Dead. You know, some of them are filler. Yep. Yep. But then that brings up the main question... Which, which is, is what? Which is, what did you watch this week? Well, I'm going to start off with, with Westworld. Ooh. Because I really want to get into it. It was a big show. Yeah, I didn't have many notes on this episode. I, I really? <laughs> I, I had so many notes. Okay. Holy God. Say. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty, pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Um, when I finally watched the episode last week, I sent you my my obligatory Westworld text. Uh, <laughs> Holy Westworld. crap! Yeah, Westworld. Holy shit! Yep. Uh, and then I think, and I always have to this. ask if that's a good holy shit or a bad holy shit. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Is this a is this a good thing? <laughs> yeah. And then um, I think this week fall got us. I think I texted you before it was over. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I, I think I messaged you before it was over, and. Uh, so I think I think there was a follow up, like just a second, like holy shit, you know? Like yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Because but, uh, it it continued to deliver up until the very last second. Oh, dude, it really, really did. I mean, 
And I'm going to preface all the discussion that we do right now with the fact that the group that I'm in and a number of other places, there are a few articles floating around right now that say that the reveals in Westworld are not mysterious. Uh, they're to be expected because the show is more about myth than it is about mystery. So it's basically saying that, you know, this show is more interested, it's designed more for the mythology around the characters than it is trying to um, screw with your head and have big plot twists like an M. Night Shyamalan movie used to try to be. Anyway. Okay. Continue. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. So I don't even know where to start, to be honest. I guess let's just start at the beginning of the episode where uh, they've, you know, they've captured Maeve. And yep. Bernard is talking to her to find out why she's acting the way she is. Why she killed the new Clementine. Exactly. And at first, Maeve tries to play it off like, you know, um, and that she's, you know, she, she pretends to be controlled and just tries to play it off like it was a glitch or an error. Nothing yeah, to be worried about. Yeah, she says that her Good Samaritan programming kicked in because she yeah. saw Clementine as a threat. Right. Yeah, there you go. Heading towards two guests. So Exactly. And, uh... And and then in, in the reality of it all, once she realizes, because she detects that Bernard is a host himself, mm-hmm. even though Bernard's been, you know, programmed to forget he is. Yep. Um, she lets him know it. Because <laughs> yeah, she freezes him. <laughs> she exactly she freezes him, and then it's the first time where, um. We find out, or at least Maeve leads us to believe that even when they're frozen like that, they can still hear and everything. Yes. And receive everything. Yeah. So then she just breaks it down for him. Yeah. And then unfreezes him, and she he does exactly what she says, and not because he she forced him, but because she he does it where he puts her back in service, and then he heads off to go find Ford. Yeah, she tells him, go look for the truth. Yeah. And he's like, okay. So, but yeah. And then um, I, I honestly thought once uh, Bernard met Ford down in where the old uh, – down in basically the cold storage where the gam- where the uh, piano guy is yep. or the old uh, – Wild Bill Hickok basically is what he reminds me of. Right. The one that Ford talks to frequently when they met down there. I thought this whole segment was going to drag out um, through the last episode. Right. Of him remembering, but uh, no, they just kept going back to it, and they really they summed it up well. Yeah, and it, uh, you know, Bernard is Bernard's author, Arnold. Arnold, they say Arthur. Yeah, Arnold. Sorry, Bernard is Arnold. Yes, which I, I didn't see that one coming. It, it had been speculated for a while. I didn't believe it. I was like, no, come on, they, that's just too. And, and then. I started to come around to the idea that maybe it was, but it seemed kind of shallow in the idea. If you think about it on the surface without knowing what we know now, it seems kind of shallow that, you know, the guy would die and you would create his exact likeness with his memories and everything like that in order to keep going with him. But the thing is, even if it's been 30 years, how is it that nobody – recognizes him as being Arnold. How right. is it that, you know, there's not a single, like you couldn't Google him and find a picture of him. Right. And like that's like essentially every photographic videotape, every 
evidence of Arnold's existence is gone. Yeah. Is and leading us to believe. A lot of, like, in earlier episodes, we had heard that a lot of people don't even know the name Arnold. Like, if they think of the park, they think of Ford. Um, he, his name was kind of a mystery, so maybe he was a behind-the-scenes kind of guy that, you know... They say he died in the park, but maybe Ford killed him. Ford's really proving to be quite the Bond villain himself. Well, no, Ford didn't kill him. Oh, he could have commanded it, I guess. Right. Because Dolores admits at the end Mm -hmm. that she killed him. Yes. But wouldn't that be poetic if Ford discovered the glitch and Arnold was like, you know, I'm going to bring this place down. So he's like, I'll have you killed by your own creation. Yeah. Probably. Could possibly. We could end up finding out tomorrow night on the final episode of the season. I know. I'm very excited to watch it. Like, I'm very, very excited to watch to see where it's going. I'm I'm very curious if we're going to get a huge cliffhanger or not. Right. Um, So we also had Logan and William and Dolores doing their thing. Which was very confusing. Like, I don't. It, yeah. it, it also still th- – there's the mystery now of is William the man in black? Is Logan the man in black? Because we catch up, you know, to kind of jump ahead for a second, we catch up with the man in black at one point and, you know, he's been knocked unconscious and then tied to a noose. He's got a yeah. noose around his neck tied to a horse and he's going to get hung. Yeah. And then the executive lady just walks into the picture and yeah. she's like, hey. Charlotte, the board member, comes yeah. in. And yep. she's just, matter of fact, she's like, hey, I need your help. Uh, basically, we're trying to get Ford out and I need unanimous consent. And he's like, I don't care about Ford's stories. You know, don't worry about me. You get out of here. Don't interrupt me when I'm here. But yeah. he obviously has that much sway on the board. Oh, yeah. Well, the man in black. So that's why in the earlier episodes when they showed him, the security guy goes, we do anything that man wants. Right. And she that said. That anything he wants, yeah. You know, and she told him that, you know, years ago, you're the reason that Ford can still do his stuff. You know, yeah. basically you rescued Ford. And when we met Logan and William – Logan was talking about how his company bought the park yeah. and saved them because they were floundering. Yeah. But then at the – well, see, this is where I, I, I don't know if William's the man in black or not because William has that at the end when Logan wakes up and he finds everyone dead because mm-hmm. Logan's killed them all. And William's killed them all and he essentially tells Logan, you'll either do what I – you'll do what I say and like it. Yep. You know what I mean? Essentially. Yeah. Um, or he'll kill him too. And we've still got to deal with the clue from the last episode where yeah. the man in black talked about how, you know, his wife died. His daughter said, you're a monster. And so he was like, I needed to find out if I really was a monster. So I went and hunted yeah. down Maeve and killed her. Is and that William or is that Logan? Right. Because the thing is, if that's, if that's William, well, we've already seen that William's a monster. You must already know he is based on what he did that day. Right. But I don't know. It's it's it is confusing. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot um, of fun, and they they're giving us answers at a pretty swift pace, which I like. Yeah, you know, like, like those articles said, it's not about twisting your mind. It's about telling a story. Like the center of the maze. Yep. You know, uh, Dolores found it. It's it's where it's Arnold's. Um, 
lab, whatever it is, the elevator she takes down from the church, confessional. But did you notice that when she was doing that, walking into the church, going down the elevator, etc., her clothes kept changing, her, yes. her gut yes. wound went away. So is it yep. actually a physical place or is it inside of her mind? Is the maze well, actually no, inside see, all of their minds? I, I, I think it's a physical place because what it is is we've seen that town. Yep. As it is today, and the elevator still is there. It's just a black metal, black metal frame of the steeple and nothing else. Because we've seen it when Ford was talking to essentially himself as a boy in that section. So we've seen that 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 town before, that steeple before, and that you know, and that it's an elevator that goes down. But if you look in the past, when Charlotte, sorry, Dolores is always talking. To Ford, I mean to Bernard, and he says, "You know, you know, like, uh, did you tell anyone that? You know, does anyone know about our meetings and this and that and everything?" Um, that's the same place that she went to at the end and sat there by herself and had the realization that she killed Arnold. Right. So this is why I lead to believe that all of those meetings that they've had that we've seen of them mm-hmm. have all happened in the past, and that's actually Arnold she's talking to. Not Bernard. So then how do you explain the fact that she was walking through the church in multiple different outfits? Because she was – we were seeing uh, her going back in time because at the very end when she's sitting down there and she's by herself and it's uh, ruins now or it's it's dilapidated, if you will. She's back in that original pants outfit, not her dress. I, I thought that it was buried in the sand. What? The the town. No, I didn't take it as that. I take it the as original town, town and that's why you can just see the bit of the steeple up there. And they even mentioned it, like uh, when when Teddy and the Men in Black are sitting there, and she says, "You know, this time the fighting will be with you. When Wyatt returns, you'll be by his side in the city swallowed by sand." And that's when the Men in Black's like, "Oh, I know where I got to go now." And he kills Teddy, and he's like, "See ya." Okay, I don't recall that. Fair enough, but still. She was down in there, and the elevator's in the steeple. Right. So, regardless, I think her going into the church, it's memories. Mm -hmm. Or as we're seeing her back in, we're seeing the timeline progressing in front of our eyes. And then her realization and that she's in the current time now. She's remembering these things. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at was yeah. I didn't think that current in the current time she was able to get down there. She was remembering. Right. And it was all inside of her head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Same page. <laughs> same page. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're on, we're on the same page. Yeah. We're on the same page. So. <clears throat> and. Uh, I don't know. To get back to what I was just talking about with the uh, <laughs> the woman talking about how Teddy will be by Wyatt's side, there was something really odd there with his flashback of his story. Yeah. Like in the one scene, he's with Wyatt and other people, and they're shooting up the town, and then she's yes. like, no, that's not it. And then suddenly he remembers he's wearing like a deputy's outfit, yeah. and he's by himself shooting up the town. Right. So was that just another scenario, another narrative that they had written at one point? I feel like the Wyatt scenario was I, – I feel like Dolores and Teddy were a Bonnie and Clyde type group. They killed everyone in the town and then it was overwritten 
as being the Wyatt scenario with the same things going on. They just changed the memory, but everything was the same. You know what I mean? Okay. So you like still think that the Dolores narrative. is going to turn out to be Wyatt? Yeah. Hmm. I think they changed the narrative, but left the scenario. They changed the narrative, but they left the scenario the same. Okay. So it's like they changed out names and imagery of the people from being citizens to soldiers, from Dolores to Wyatt. But Teddy was still Teddy, and he still did everything he did, just that. In one narrative, it's him and Dolores killing a bunch of villagers. And in the next narrative, it's him and Wyatt killing a bunch of fellow soldiers. Gotcha. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. We also had that little glimpse of uh, the unknown fate of Elsie. Yeah. Her um, signal popped back up on an unused sector of the map. Yep. But then when the guy got out there to investigate. Ashley, which is a guy, which yep. is hilarious to me. Yeah. Um, well, that's Ash's name. Exactly. That's why it's hilarious ah. to me. Uh, gets attacked by Ghost Warrior Nation. And he can't control them. Yeah, he cannot control them at all. Which is another interesting thing, that they're, you know, resisting commands, voice commands and commands from his tablet. We're seeing more and more of these hosts waking up like that. Yep. And then we find out that, I mean, like Bernard remembers killing Elsie. Although technically we didn't see her die. We saw her getting strangled. Right. Exactly. Lifted up off the floor and strangled, but not killed. Right. We don't know if she's actually dead. We didn't see a dead body. We didn't hear the, the telltale neck-breaking noise. So. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. A great episode. Uh, do you think that Bernard is dead? Oh, yeah. They They were pretty explicit in showing, you know, the gunshot and his body crumpling. Yeah. Um, it was really creepy, and that's the second episode in a row that we've had the narrative voice that has been used to manipulate hosts. You know, it, Ford even said it. He he was like, I could just tell you to do this, but I prefer the narrative voice. And he's like, you yes. know, Bernard waited for Ford to leave, and after he was safely out of the room, he put the – what did he say? He put the gun to his temple and oh, – what did he say? I don't remember what he said for it, it was yeah. something like, you know, he ended the cruel injustice or something. Yeah. Got killed. Yeah. Got killed. And actually, now that I think about it, Dolores had to be in the present time as well because she came back up out of that chamber and the man in black was waiting at the church door. At the very yes. end, she yes, walked, yes, she yes. goes to walk out and he opened up the door. And that was after the, uh, the whore that killed Teddy. Cause it wasn't yeah. him. It was her. Remember she told Teddy, you know, you're not ready. Maybe in the next lifetime, I wanted right. her to say Neo, but, um, <laughs> it, she told Ford once again, the maze is not meant for you. Yes. And he still went. Yep. And he found yeah the town. So that's why I don't. I think I don't know if the town if the town had been swallowed up by sand. How is he able to walk through the door? I don't know. 
But it wasn't until she said at the town that's been swallowed by sand that he was like, he literally said, I know where to go now. Yeah. I don't know. It's a great show. It's a great show. It's a great show. I'm going to watch it again. It's so great. I, once all 10 episodes are out, I'm going to rewatch it from the beginning and see what I pick up on what I missed. Me too. Yeah. Me too. That, that's a show I would probably own like on Blu-ray. I don't own many shows like that, or I do, but I haven't bought any in quite a while because I figure, you know, oh, I can always watch it on Netflix or I just don't care to go back. But that's a show that I would probably own so that I could go yeah. back and rewatch and introduce other people to. And I know the only show I buy now is I get Supernatural because I have so many seasons. It's like I got to keep getting them. Yeah. I guess I could stop, but then I'd be like, well, no, no, it's not complete. Uh and I buy them on Black Friday when they're ten bucks for the season set. The only other new show I still that I, I've, I've now bought a second season of is Flash. Yeah, which consistently is my favorite of those uh, CW shows. Yeah, and then um, of course I bought Ash vs Evil Dead season one on Blu-ray because <clears throat> a it was ten bucks on Black Friday and because it's Ash vs Evil Dead. So you started off saying the only show that I buy on Blu-ray, and then you named three shows. Well, no, no, no. The only show I, call I, I against, sir. No, no. The only show that I I have been buying with regularity is Supernatural. We're up to season eleven. DVD just came out. Gotcha. But then I bought Flash as well because it's Flash and I really enjoy it. And then Ash vs Evil Dead because it's it's Evil Dead. It's like doesn't count. <laughs> it's Evil Dead. I'm gonna get it. Yep, I, I can count so. on that with you. But anyhow, um, so, yeah. I think that covers everything for me on, on Westworld. I think so. I was looking through it. Ford, though, he's definitely – I was talking to Kelly about this. and She's like, oh, he's not really a villain. I was like, he's really developing he, he into a villain. the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, just that whole scene with Bernard where Bernard was like, um, you know, he had Clementine hold a gun on Ford. And he's like, yeah, by the way, she was lobotomized, but they didn't turn off her friend or foe switch, basically. They, they they didn't. Uh, they had adjusted her to kill humans. Yeah, essentially. And, and he's like, "So I created a back door, and I can control her, and she won't listen to you." Oh yes, she did. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, listen to him when he didn't even speak. That's what makes him an even creepier villain. Like he doesn't even have to speak, and these things do everything. He yeah. nods his head, and an entire field full of migrant workers just stops working. Yeah. It's the with great powers comes great responsibilities. Yeah, from the old Spider Spider Man universe there, and um, he has great power that he does not use responsibly. Right, but apparently, with his little tete a tete with Bernard, you know, Bernard was like, "Well, you could have killed me all along," and he's like, "Yeah, I could have." And he's like, well, why'd you let me go through with this? And he's like, well, you've done it before. It, essentially, he let us know that this has happened before, that Bernard has come to realize that he's a host, come to realize that he was made in Arnold's image. They do this every so often, but now he's tired of it. Well, that I think what the other thing was is he was hoping that this time after the realization, he would go along with it. Right. But he hasn't, so he's tired of this. So kill yourself. Yep. yep. Let's go from something really awesome to briefly, briefly, briefly covering something that was, I'm not going to say really terrible, but not really awesome. Ooh, there's a number of shows on my list this week. That could be. 
Gotham. Okay. That was, okay. This, that was this, awful. This was the worst flipping episode. I, 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 I can't, like, okay. From <laughs> Gordon rhyming with the Mad Hatter. Oh, my God. To Cato getting killed by Alfred. Yeah. To the dumb, 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 dumb drama of Bruce and <laughs> Selena. I wanted to reach through the TV and punch him when she showed up to help them because oh she's like, God. you know, he can't do it on his own. I should go there. I should be nice. I should help it. And he gets that shit eating grin on his face oh, and goes, I know. So does this you really mean you're like my me? girlfriend? Boom! Shut up. She should have just pushed him off the roof. Been like, I'm done with you. the exceptionally stupid teenage mission mission impossible antics. Oh, my God. To once it was revealed that Mario likes to crush people's heads, how he kept grabbing Lee's head. (laughs) You ever know, like, the second Uh one? Oh, we realized Mario crushes people, so now he's going to excessively grab Lee by the face. Yep. You know, to of course, of course, of course, Gordon is there alone and shoots uh, Mario, and Lee doesn't see the knife. And, of course, the water, the ocean washes the knife. I mean, just everything about this episode was just garbage. Complete garbage. Oh, absolute and total atrocious garbage. Yep. The the little Mission Impossible thing, I was actually calling oh, it Ocean's God. Gotham. <laughs> but it was so pathetic the way that they were doing And I'm sorry. The fact that they shot that crossbow bolt with the rope on it and their anchor point was Bruce. He was supposed to hold that line taut enough for Selena to walk across it. No. That that is physically impossible. A grown person, maybe, but they would have gotten strained very quickly. Dude, Aaron was ranting and raving of how they defied the laws. <laughs> they did. They couldn't tie it around like a, a door or a statue or something. I know it was just ridiculous. And he's like straining and he's going, uh, uh, but he's holding it tight. That is impossible. Holy you know, Jesus. It, it's it's weird with this show. There's always something about it where you can just be like, "Ah, it's pretty good. Ah, it's pretty good." You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was the Riddler for a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always something that you know, like it made you not hate it. Okay. The, the, there was nothing in this episode that made me not hate it. There was only one thing for me. It it was the one chuckle that I got when Gordon went to see um, Falcone. Yeah. And. Falcone was like, look, I'll send my men. I can't trust you. And he's like, no. He's like, I'm going after them. I care about Lee. And he's like, no. Shut up, Gordon. I'll send my men. And Gordon turned around, shot each man in the knee, and then went, which men? Those two? You got anybody else you want to send? Okay. That was was the only chuckle I got. But that doesn't make me want to tune in next week. Oh, but you have to tune in next week because now we know that Selena's mom is around for some ungodly reason. God, I know, right? The mystery person ah. who you thought was going to be Ivy helping them out and finally doing something useful. It's her mommy. Yeah. And we're going to get to deal with that drama. Yay! Oh, don't forget, Nigma got Penguin to confess his love to him. So that then he could turn around and join forces with 
Yeah. Barbara and Tabitha Barbara and, and Tabitha and Butch. And, and once again, like, how did he walk in there and they didn't just shoot him dead? They pulled guns on him and, and Babs is like, you know, no, no, hear him out. She didn't know what he was going to say. <laughs> well, I think she actually invited him. I think that all of them are insane and the bad yeah. kind of insane. Yeah. The, the preview know. for next week seems promising because it shows a lot of clips of Jerome from back when he was on the show and it was actually oh, okay. worth watching see, at that point. That, so. But it was all clips from that. It did not no. show a current Jerome. Oh, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm glad you agreed with me because this was a garbage <sighs> episode. Garbage. So, um, with, with the CW crossovers, I just want to wait and talk about all of them at once. Yes, I agree. I think that makes the most sense. However, we can talk about Supergirl because essentially the only thing that was involved in this episode with the crossover was like the last like minute. Yep. And that well, was two, Captain Flash. They, they were the two breaches that happened randomly, but they didn't really affect anything. They never, they never went back to the first breach other than, I knew it was you guys. Uh, but that literally the whole segment in Supergirl that involved the, the Flash and the crossover was re- was shown in the Flash. Yes. So, I mean, I feel like we can talk about Supergirl yep. easily. And... uh yeah, um, it was a decent episode. It was yep. one of those ones where um, we they went ahead and solved all their problems in one false swoop. Yes, which it, almost a little too convenient. Oh, massively convenient. I mean, Cadmus launches a virus. They find the cure. It not only fixes Monel, it also cures John Jones's issue with the blood <laughs> and, and the it gets Cadmus. Arrested. The way that yeah. she said it, she's like, "Oh, and more good news." Yes, she's like, yes. It was it was a weaponized virus, so it was so easy to manipulate that I got it to attack the white Martian cells in John's body. Ta da! Like, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. wanted them to be like, and we've brought back all the dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it wasn't wasn't that great of an episode. Well, okay. I mean, how do I phrase? I didn't despise it. Like I did Gotham, but it was just, it was a head shaker in its own right with how they just went ahead and, you know, they revealed Lena Luther teased that she was going to be bad, but really she's good because she's adopted. So she doesn't have the evil Luther gene in her. She just has that last (laughs) name. So she gets her mom arrested and Cadmus gets, I doubt it gets disbanded or whatever, but, um, Yeah. The uh, cyborg Superman was there as the muscle of the episode. He was the villain of the week, I guess. Yep. Um, And had a really stupid helmet. I kept saying, I'm like, please let that be a helmet because it looks so awful. Yeah. But then it didn't make any sense because it only covered like half of his head. Well, I don't know. I'm cyborg Superman. Well, you may be a cyborg, but you're no Superman. I just – I want some fancy butler-type person like the Alfred from the comics to just walk in with a silver platter and be like, your cheese, my lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see you've already got plenty. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> oh, some of the some of the stuff on there is very cheesy. Um, yeah. But I, I don't I, hate the show. I still no. I still like I, – I really like the Supergirl character. Yes. 
the actress that's playing her, I think, is doing a great job. Yep. I like her version of Kara. I like her version of Supergirl. I I like that. Um, how do I? Hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I like that she's the lead of the show, and she's a woman, but she's not. I don't know. It's, it's not like Wonder Woman. Like Linda Carter was overly sexualized in the seventies when she was the lead. Right. It's not happening now. It's just she is who she is. Yep. She's a cute girl. Yep. And she's super girl. And she kicks ass. Exactly. I I don't know if I like how much focus that they're giving over Alex discovering herself, but they're not handling it in a bad way. They're not being obnoxious about it. See, I like it. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's well done because it's the first time that I've seen a show where they've given this an actual arc and they're not yeah. like you said they're not beating us over the head with it. It's yeah. not like um it's not like you'd see on Glee where there's all right. kinds of tears and tissues and stuff like that. But it's the fact that you know she's coming out to Kara and then she's coming out to her mom and she's struggling with all this stuff and I think they finally like after this episode they're finally just going to move forward with it. You think they'll get to that white canary? Well, we'll look at White Canary on Legends. Yes, you know where it's just simply like you know Rory's like, is <laughs> she pretty hot? hot? Yeah, is she hot? And, and White Canary's like, yeah, she is. You know, like <laughs> right? They just address White Canary with like, oh, I like chicks, and that's yep. the end of it. So. And, and I think that's where they've finally gotten with Alex. They may not be that yeah. like uh, blunt about it, but I I feel like after this one with her Maggie, her and Maggie and their kissing, that yeah. it's it's going to be a moot point now. It'll just yeah. be part of her character that won't right. be brought up every week. Yeah, I just I don't want it to become a focal point every single week. Nope i I have a feeling it's done now. Yeah, but I I do like the way they've handled it, and I like Alex. I like her. I like you know. I, there's not a character, a main character on the show I I don't like. I, I hate. I I, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna change. Well, no, no, no. I liked at. Uh, I, I'm sure it was this week. They did. The, was the Thanksgiving episode this week where they yes. go around? Okay, yeah, I thought so. All right, see, I merge shows in my brain sometimes, but where. Jimmy's like, I'm thankful Kara's such a kind and understanding person. And Alex's like, no, she's not. (laughs) Yeah. You don't get to have this moment. All right, I won't talk about it. And he sits down, basically. Yep. And then, all right, so I thought it was – I liked how um, Kara, a.k.a. Supergirl, showed how she really doesn't get – uh, or how oblivious she is to like people and emotions and things and this and that and everything when she just says like you don't like me do you? Yeah, like like, <laughs> like me because like Alex said that you know you're you're chatting up our mom because <laughs> that's what people do and he's like oh no 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 it's not at all she you know? she's still got some alien in her yes yeah, she has the the naivety because Superman Kara. Not Kara, but like Clark and Kara and everything have always been like, especially Clark. Like they're they're very naive people. Yes, that's one of the covers that they use is how naive they are about things. But Kara is just plain naive in that innocent, like laughable way of, you know what I mean? Right. Cool. Um, cool, cool. Cool. The uh, I, I do like Lena's character, and I like that we didn't see the about face that they were trying to lead us down the path. Yes. You know, yes. I was going to be very disappointed if she was just suddenly like, I've decided to be a villain, but she's right. not. She's like, you know, I'm a good person and I tricked my mother in order to, you know, save the aliens and get her arrested. Ta-da. 
that or it's all part of our master plan to let everyone's guard down. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, what about the aliens that are looking for Monel though? Is this going to yeah, be the was, second half of the season? I bet you it will be. That was interesting at the end. Um, do you think they're looking for him because they want him killed? Do you think they're looking for him because that's that's his parents? Oh, hmm. I think that they want something in his blood. That's what I'm going to go with. They, there's something like, you know, a lost archive of Daxamite military technology that needs Daxamite DNA, and he's the last one. That's what I'm going to go so with. They need something from him. Yeah, yeah. Dead and, or alive. Exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, and it doesn't matter if he's alive. Yeah, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So um, I don't know. I don't want to jump around too much, but I guess uh, timeless. Yes, uh, this is my wife's favorite show that we watch. She announced. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, because you've mentioned it a few times. She said it again. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, she loves the show. I love the show. I think it's a great show. It is. I thought this, I thought this was a really good episode. Yes. Had some good growth, some good explanations. I liked the beginning, seeing things from the Garcia Flynn side. Yes. Yeah, like this whole episode, like, all right, so they're trying to sabotage the moon landing because ultimately it would, you know, they would, you know, it could affect the future in a very, very, you know, lopsided way as far as we would lose the Cold War. The Russians might get to the moon first, on and on and on. Um, or they'd abandon the space program because of this giant failure. Right, which a couple of times now they've tried to – like they did that with the V-2 rocket as well. Yeah. You know, they tried to prevent the U.S. from being the first to get to the moon. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, he was there to save his half-brother half from being from dying from a, a bee sting. Which, doesn't that kind of seem a little dangerous? If you think about Grand Scheme, because they said that what happened was this kid died that day of a bee sting. Yeah. And so, the mother went on to be very sad and she went to work at the aeronautics place, met his father overseas, got married, and they had Flynn as a baby. You know, I, I was thinking the same way. Like, but I, the show doesn't delve into it's, – it's weird to say like there's there's certain areas where they don't delve into like the minute details of things like that. Mm -hmm. Like how on Legends where – um. Gray giving himself crap back in the day leads to him, you know, right? What, what we'll talk about later, um, changing in that aspect. On this show, they don't. I feel like they don't do that as much. But then again, that is the focal point of Lucy's issue with her sister not being born as well, which Something she definitely happened. brought up at the end. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was a very brazen and brave thing from the tribe because you know it had. You know, had he saved his brother, his mother may not have met his father, and eventually he might have not have been born. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You yeah, know, I, I didn't. You know, that... honestly, it didn't cross my mind. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we got to talk a little bit more to uh, Matt Furrer's character, um, and he's actually not. He, he's complicit in all this because. He feels guilty about building the time machine, and he doesn't want Rittenhouse to get a hold of it because they would do terrible, yep. terrible things. Yes. So at least we know a little bit more as to why he's doing what he's doing. It's not just a simple based on they've threatened his family or they've done this or they've done that. He, he's passionate about this. Yep. So he's not 
we we already we've known he's not a prisoner, right? But now we know that he's actually a willing, willing, very willing accomplice. Yes, yes. you know, co-conspirator even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked how um, Rufus and Lucy. I liked how Lucy told off the guy who kept calling her sweetheart and asking for coffee. I <laughs> yep. thought that was funny. Yep. Uh, I liked how Rufus was talking to the uh, the doctor downstairs, and uh, he just uses math to show her that he's being for real, other than words. Yes. Because I liked how he just he appealed to her. Um, I'm not going to say science, but you know what I mean. Her intelligence, as, yes. You know, by showing her, look, see, I'm not just a janitor. She's like, you're not just a janitor. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> it would have been even better if he was like, my name's Will Hunting. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. In this episode, uh, he was Agent Mulder. He was like, Agent Mulder. Oh. I'm going, ho, 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 ho. And I look at my Agent Mulder. And she's like, yeah, from the X-Files, David Cummings Fox. Ah, at least you like this show. And then I went back to watching it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. He was Agent Mulder. It Good was stuff. it was also a brilliant plan that they did, basically overloading the system in a way that would not be invented for decades. Yes. The first computer virus before they even knew what a virus was. I love they show all these giant computers and she's like, we have two megabytes of storage. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> oh, it, it. it makes your skin crawl, doesn't it? It makes me flash back to the days of getting those AOL discs in the mail, yep. and then you drill a hole on the other side and reformat it. Now I got 1.3 megabytes of storage. Yep, I can store I like four pictures on here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like, I think my my wife laughed and she's like, "Well, that's not a whole lot." And I I put it in perspective of like, when you take a picture with your phone, it's like four four megabytes. That single picture you just took. <laughs> So, yeah. I liked how she kept bringing up, uh, it'll take about 10 minutes. And he's like, wow, that's pretty. And she goes, fast, I know. Isn't it wonderful or something? <laughs> uh, I just love how she was doting all of great the technology was and how quick and fast and large and on and on and on. And he's just like, yeah, hold on a second here. My phone is a million times faster and better than everything in this room. You know, like, yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's just funny. What was it? Oh, yeah, never mind. Unrelated show. Same type of thing. Antiquated technology on a show. Yep. So, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, one of the things in it that I don't think I've heard anyone talk about this since I was in school, but the way they were talking about how the astronauts were heroes and people he looked up to and everything like that. And I just, I had to really think about it. I was like, geez, I haven't thought of that. Since like I was in high school or in grammar school, how they were, you know, like those the astronauts, the pioneers of the space program, if you will, whatever, mm-hmm. are really revealed as legendary heroes of our time. Yes, and people really look up to them, and it made me think: Do we have anything equivalent to that today? No. You know, is that they're building an that, international space station, but that's not even the same. No, you nobody know, says, you know, here's the names of the people that will go down in history as having attached three modules on the ISS. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't – that reverence of being an astronaut, of people walking in space, of the things they did, it's not there anymore. Right. You know I mean? If you think about, like, if uh, – and I was trying to think of this, like, who would be the equivalent of this time of a name of someone that affected how we live our daily lives? 
And honestly, the only names I could come up with were were, were Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. As yeah, far as Elon Musk doing the uh, SpaceX program right now. Elon Musk, maybe, yeah, you know. Um, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, well, but even then, the, the what's the – oh, I can't think of his name now, but I'm, it's driving me insane. He is he's, – he's a black man. He's a scientist. Neil deGrasse Tyson? Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's like the biggest name right now in science. Yep. He's the go-to guy, and I think it's because, you know, he has charisma, which helps. And you know, I've heard some of his podcasts and watched some of his stuff, and he's funny, and he's very intelligent. But it's just like th- these people like – like Rufus was talking about on the show, I don't. I don't feel like they exist today. You got to also remember that back then, and I've talked about this in other contexts as well. But back then, the world was not as connected as it is now. You know, so the, these guys doing this, it connected everybody. You could go to anybody in your country, in your town, That's in true. your job, and you could talk about the astronauts that landed on the moon and they would know who you were talking about and they were people to be revered that way. Yeah. You know, uh, much the same way everybody knew the name Adolf Hitler. Nowadays, with the internet, everybody's famous. Yeah, Everybody's connected and at a moment's notice, you can know about this person, this person, this person. So news comes and goes, heroes come and go. Uh, it, nothing is sacred anymore. It's not just the people. It's nothing is sacred. So, you know, you hope for your flash in the pan moment. But back then, this was something that connected the entire world. And they kind of mentioned that on the show too. So it's not as surprising that you'd have people like that back then when – Things were much more limited. You know, you had two channels on yeah. TV. And- Everybody watched the same everything. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Nowadays with technology and shows and TVs and the availability to watch everything. And I mean, people don't even watch TV. Some people just watch YouTube. Yeah. Or and you'll see. Yeah. You, you could scroll down through Facebook at any given time and within 10 minutes, and that's generous, within 10 minutes, you're going to come across something that talks about a heroic guy who saved a baby from a car or who dove into a river and pulled out a fox cub or, you know, somebody who rescued a dog from the shelter, things like that. You're going to find quote unquote heroes everywhere you turn nowadays. Because everybody's connected and everybody can share everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. What you got going on over there? You mixing up a martini? Uh, just pouring some Diet Pepsi into my big cup. <laughs> my throat's still really dry from my cold. So, like, I keep drinking just to keep it moist because my throat's dry. Moist. And it needs to be moist. Moist. I- like a towelette. Moist. Moist. Anyhow. At the at the end of this episode, also, Rufus showed more of his character growth. He's had the most of an arc of all the characters so far. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, you know, it's almost like how he killed somebody and didn't care. He's like, I don't feel anything. And then he recognized how bad that was that he didn't feel anything. Yeah. He's like, what kind of a person am I turning into? Yeah. Well, the, the show, I mean, I don't, we're only a few episodes in. Like, are we even at eight or nine now, I think it is? But they've taken the time to, like, they, they have really done a good job. Like, you know, we 
Lucy was the first focal point. It kind of switched a little bit. And now it's on Rufus. And I'm sure we'll get back to Lucy because of who her dad is and everything. But once they did that reveal, they haven't really done anything the last couple episodes, which isn't a bad thing. It's just I like how they're kind of – we're learning more about the other characters. Yeah, that was episode eight. Yeah, because um, Rufus, you know, he's their only pilot, which, again, why they haven't trained somebody else. Yeah. Did you notice that they did – remember how we were saying last episode with them being stranded? It was kind of weird. We felt like we had missed something. Did you notice that they they made mention of that in this one? You know, they were like, we stranded them back in 1754. How can they be here? No, I was yeah. sure that we stranded them back there. Well, he must have figured it out and he must have, you know, found a way to get back here. So they wanted us to know that, yes, you didn't miss anything. It really did happen. And the next episode, I'm not too sure about. The last ride of Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, really? I can't really see where Bonnie and Clyde doing something to affect them is going to really affect history that much. Yep. But, yep, that's what it's going to be. Apparently there's only 13 episodes this season, and we just got done with eight, so... I I thought it got expanded to 18. Oh, did it? Yeah, I was I knew one show did. I I was pretty sure that was the show that was 13, but it got expanded to 18, because I remember thinking, like... Geez, you think after 13 episodes, they would have had, like, some sort of, like, finality? Yep. And now that it's being jumped to 18, I mean, are they going to throw episodes in between? Like, how how bad will it affect them? Right. Yeah, here it is. November 1st. Oh, sorry. 16. November 1st, NBC ordered three additional episodes, increasing the first season to 16. Okay. I thought there was another. I could have sworn there was another show that got it. Extended to 18 episodes. There's a oh, few shows. On today. September 27th, NBC picked up the series for full 18 episodes. That was This Is Us. Okay. That's probably what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised with that at all. Yeah. I can't. I, I look forward to talking about that one a little bit. Yep. Because that's going to be, uh, that, that's going to be good. Well, I think that about covers Timeless. Yeah. That wraps it up for me. Yep. Um, so, what did you think of S.H.I.E.L.D. this week? I loved it. Yeah? I thought it was a great episode. I, I really liked how they would show us scenes, and then we'd see the exact same scenes, except for with the uh, out-of-phase individuals that were there. Yeah, I thought they honestly did a really good job of that. Yeah. I, I, cause at first, you know, when they first re-showed it to us or something like that, I was like, oh, okay. Yep. I didn't expect it going that way, but I, I do like it. Yep. And then honestly, I forgot about it. So we got the next batch of scenes that was just like normal, you know, Daisy racing off and stuff like that. Yeah. And then when they re-showed them, I was like, oh, that's right. We had ghost <laughs> guys there. I was like all excited. Yeah. I like, I like Daisy crashing his car and he's like, it doesn't work that way when I'm not, <laughs> when I'm not the ghost rider. <clears throat> so, yep. Um, I liked how they jumped back and forth. Yep. I thought it was kind of interesting, Ghost Rider jumping into uh, Mac. Yeah. Yeah, um, he, he didn't want to get pulled down. I know where you're getting pulled down to. 
Yes. Yep. But then somehow helped bring him back up when he got out of Mac. He got out of Mac, but you know, Robbie has not reappeared on the scene yet. Yeah, oh yeah, he did. They no, came he... through right at the end of the episode. They came through that gateway. No, only uh, Fitz and Coulson did. No, 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 no. You must not have stopped watching. At the end of the episode, yeah, the very last thing in the episode you see is the android person making a brain with those gloves. Yeah. But prior to that, Robbie comes through the gateway, and Mac is waiting for him. And Mac goes, I thought I'd see you here. And Robbie stands up, and they're looking at each other, and, and then basically Robbie says, so you want to help me you know, finish this or not? Okay. Yeah, see, it's not even in my... Yeah. It's not even in my notes. I must have, like, fast-forwarded too far and skipped over that part. Yeah. No. Hmm. Well, good. I'm glad that he did get out, because I thought they were just going to leave it like that. Yeah, no, he got out. So. That's interesting, the deal that he made there. You know, he said, you help me get my, settle my score, and I'll help you settle all of your scores. Yeah, I thought that was interesting as well. I, I wonder how many scores the Spirit of Vengeance has built up Appar- over the years. Apparently, a lot. <laughs> apparently, a whole lot. Yeah. So, um, anything what else did I... Uh, I thought they would wipe the android's memory somehow or whatever after having her read that book. Right. Yeah, because pretty much everybody knows about her now. Yes. But that was an awful lot of very dark, mysterious information to allow her to absorb. Yeah. And and what is it you think that she is making or doing? She is improving her own brain, I think. I think that she is finding ways to improve her brain so that she can do more, maybe superpower type thing, maybe uh, no longer be under his control. Okay. Yeah? Because we know that her brain's already super powerful and it can absorb all that information, so it's not like she needs to make it bigger. I think she's just trying to change it so that she's not like I said, under control or something. She can be a real girl. Okay, I believe that. I can go with that. Now, what about the uh, mysterious inhuman who's been cooking for seven months? See, now, I thought, and I can't think of that character's name, but before she took off half his face, I thought it was going to (sighs) be the guy that disintegrated. Oh, God, him? Yeah. Oh, God, who was that? Because he was on their team for a little while. Yeah. I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name either. I thought it was going to be him. Hmm. Whoever it is, they definitely have ties to the senator because she was keeping him and has set up this whole testing thing. And I, I thought it was rather convenient that, you know, all he needed was someone to be nice to him. Like, he's been gestating there for seven months, and Gemma comes in, and she's like, you're all scaring him. Get out of the room. And she's like, we're going to help you. We're going to be okay. And suddenly it's like, oh, the the shell cracked. I'm ready to come out now. I just needed the loving touch of Simmons. 
Yeah, and then as soon as like she revealed that faceplate or something, they came in, put the bag on her head again, and dragged her out of there. Yep, which they were already scaring him, and now they're taking away the one person he connected to. I wonder if he's going to go all nuclear on them, whoever he is. Yeah, because I'm sure that's not going to scare him at all. Yeah. <laughs> but seven months of gestation, I, I, I have a feeling that if this is going to be a pretty big reveal for them. I'm hoping. Well, yeah. I'm just, I can't even think of who it could be. It has to be a new character introduce, introduction. Introduction. Maybe. That's why I thought it might be that that guy from that, you know, because right. then when they did the reveal, you'd be like, oh, hey, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that would be a big revolution. Right. Revelation. But, um, yeah. Oh, well. We'll see. Yeah. But all in all, it was a good episode. It, some may look at it and go, oh, this is kind of cheap because basically they showed us half an episode because every 15 minutes was then repeated exactly the same way but with extra people in it. I thought it was done in a great way, though. I did as well. So anybody who thinks that can just go to hell. Yeah, because straight to hell. That's right. With because I thought, it was, I thought it was done really well. Yep. I did as well. Cutting back and forth and, and everything else. I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Me too. Um, so I guess this is us. Yeah. I thought it was a good episode. Um, Followed up basically right after the Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, I think it's funny how Randall makes a list of why he's mad at his mom so he can read it to her. Because that's yeah. just how organized of a person he is. Yep. And he even and then, then ranks the other people that are involved in it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad at you and you as well. That's why you're number two and you're number three. <laughs> that's why I don't have a list for you. Um. But yeah, uh, I, I liked the idea of them, the three of them going to the camp together for yep. some reason. Uh, because mom had decided she was going to sell it. Well, yeah, but like, I was surprised they didn't have to try to talk Randall into it more he, when they just approached him about it. And he was like, "Yep, sounds good." Yeah. And off they went. But I was, uh, I was not surprised when the other people showed up oh. that Kevin had invited because I figured they'd do something stupid like See, that. See, I was pissed about that, but more pissed because I can relate to that. Yep. You know? I, the, oh, I, I right there with you. <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm going to invite my friend over. And then they're like, hey, I brought five people. Well, what do you mean you brought five people? I invited you because you're my friend. Go to hell, these other people. Exactly. I did like how it was handled as far as, um, what was it, first? I can't, I want to, I can't, her name's not. Olivia? Uh, no, no, yeah. No, uh, Kevin's sister. Kate. Kate. How can Kate. you forget right, that name? Thinking, that's well, literally your was, wife's name. For some name. reason, I was thinking it was Kate, but then I was like, no, that's not Kate. That's my wife's Kate. I liked how Kate approached Olivia about first, like, oh, I know people like you. And then Olivia pretty much shut her down. Yep. And then later on, she's doing all that flirting with the, the douche there. Her ex-boyfriend. Her snuggling into him. And then finally, Kevin's had enough. And I said that shell of a human being that you are, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> the promo he cut on her was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they got up and left, I went, they're going to leave the playwright. She's going to get stranded there. And yep. she did. 
and I thought it was funny. Because all this time, we've tried to find some redeeming qualities in Olivia, you know, but if you look back on all the different times, you know, when she showed up for things, she's been a douche, you know? Oh, yeah. She's there's, been an there's asshole. There's nothing redeeming about her whatsoever. No, no. And it's people trying to, like, bring her around and be like, you know, you need to be nicer. And she's like, yeah, okay. And she has these little glimpses of humanity. But even then, like when she took him to that funeral and got him to feel feelings for the play. And then she's like, you know, yeah, we slept together and it'll never happen again. Ha 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 ha. She's a horrible person. Oh, she is. And she even like, you know, she's, she was the one that was always telling people the way it is and on and on and on. I'm real and you don't even understand and this and that and everything. And then finally, like, you know, Kevin lays it back at her. Yep. Then she can't handle it. I don't know. I thought it was awesome. It was so douchey that, you know, yeah. not only had she invited her ex, but then she's like curled up with him on the couch in front of Kevin. The hell yeah. is wrong with people? Uh, I liked how, um, I, I did, I, I did like how Randall was tripping balls. <laughs> but even as he was doing it, like most other people would spaz out, run around. Randall is so cool, calm and collected at all points in his life that he just sat there. Yeah, staring off into space. But he was still—he was under control. Yep, he is a control freak. It was a very good trip, though. You know, I really liked his interactions with his dad. Yeah, I thought it was good as well. Yeah, it it was very well done to bring the dad back into it like that. And there wasn't—they didn't turn it into a you know I miss you, dad. I miss you so much. Why? It was all about the issue at hand. They yeah. both addressed it. They both. I know. After seeing the reasons why uh, she didn't want William in Randall's life. Yep. I can. I, I can agree with that. I can see why she would think that way. Like initially, back when she said, "Like you know, in order for this baby to be mine, in order for me to love him and accept him, then he needs to be all mine. He can't. You know, it's got to be all or nothing, and I can't have this other person out there." Right. And then um, that's why she tells him no, and then you know she, she's all in. And then later on, when she goes to meet William, I'm thinking she's hoping when she gets there, he's going to be a drug addict. Right. He's going to be a loser, and instead, he's cleaned up his life. He regrets giving him up. He wants to be part of his life, and on and on and on. And then so she leaves, and then you see her tell you know the husband why, like we need to be good enough for him. Yep. And I've often thought that, like, obviously I'm not adopted, but, well, to you, to the world, I'm not adopted. Um, but, like, hey, I've, never, I've never understood that, like, because you see it on movies and TV, and I don't know if this happens this way in real life, but they always beat this to death on movies and TV, so it makes you think it's real life, that all adopted people want to know is who their real parents are, because even though someone raised them their whole life and, you know, gave them everything they could, it wasn't, you know... They still got to know who the real parents are. And at least that's how it's always portrayed on TV. Yeah. And the only time that that really can be a viable option is in the case of Clark Kent. I mean, he kind of had to know about his biological parents so he could understand his powers. Yeah. 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 There there could have been bad consequences if he didn't understand his biology, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah. Like, you know, there's got to be a re, I mean, like, I just, so anyways, uh, so they go to the karate dojo 
and they do that thing where the dad gets down to do push-ups and 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 Randall crawls on his back and he and he's doing push-ups with him on his back because he's going to carry his son and on and on and on. Um, as a person who took his son to karate for two years, that never happened with me. I uh, did I don't you know take him to a black dojo? I don't know if that was supposed to be a black empowerment uh, exercise, uh, but. That didn't happen at the the dojo that Kanan went to for the two years before he got his junior black belt, and we, we I pulled him from karate. So, it, yeah, it made my arms hurt watching him do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was definitely more of a community thing than I think yeah. a lot of dojos would be these days. Yes. I think yeah. many more of them. And again, I don't go out there. I haven't been looking into all the different dojos, but I have a feeling that like the one that you went to, probably a number of them are there for the money, you know, give a few lessons, kind of like a sport, you know, the, yes. the football team yeah. you play with this year is not going to be the same people you play with next year. So who really cares if you form a family bond? Um, well, you know, it's weird because last year, just while, see how we're on, you, you brought it up. I don't know when we're going to talk it about already. it again. Yeah, like last year with Kanan, you know, he did scouts and he did football, basketball, baseball. And I saw the same parents from September through June, you know what I mean? Into Yeah, through September through the end of June with mm-hmm. all these different – actually, August to the end of June with all these different sports. And then when it started up again in the fall, like Kanan played football, but a couple of the other parents were just seeing their kids didn't play football. Or sorry, no. It started with with uh, base, uh, yeah, with baseball last spring. Kanan went to the major leagues, but their kids stayed in the minors. But I still saw him at scouts. And then in football this year, Kanan's playing, but their kids either aren't playing football, or they're play, or they're playing, or they're doing soccer, or the fact that Kanan didn't do scouts. And now we're in basketball, and none of them are on his team for basketball. So like, I went like you know ten months seeing these same parents multiple times a week. To I haven't seen any of them in forever. Yep. So kind of to highlight what you're saying. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. yeah it, things change like that. And again, I have a feeling that part of that is the fact that the world is so much more connected now. Yeah. But, yeah. but we saw the, uh, we saw the, the lady again. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, as soon as I saw her, I was like, Oh, I can ask about her last week. Yeah. We saw her again. And so what me, cause this whole episode is focused on Randall trying to find a strong male influence. Yes. And a black male influence. And my wife was like, well, why doesn't he want a woman, a female influence? I'm like, well, that's her right there. Yeah. He has it. Yep. And he doesn't, let's yeah. be honest. He's a boy. He wants a male influence. That's yeah. how it works, especially as you're coming yeah. into puberty. You want a male influence, just like girls want a female influence. Yep. Traditionally, I mean, it, it's it may be different here and there, but if you were to look at you know a survey of a thousand people, you're going to see a pretty straight line that says yes. young boys are looking for a strong male influence to look up to, and young girls are looking for a strong female influence to look up to. Agreed. Yep. Randall said that uh, the reason that he's always been so perfect his entire life is because if he's not perfect, he might remember for one second that he was unwanted. Yeah. Okay. I never thought of that myself. I guess that's how he looks at how he, you know, he feels unwanted. He feels basically on both ends because a, his parent 
parents gave him up, abandoned him the day he was born, and that he is with these people because he's a replacement for their dead baby. Yeah. So he feels, and then, of course, he's got the brother who hates him, so he always right. feels unwanted. See, I never, th- I never considered that, but he's got a point. <clears throat> yeah, it, it must have been pretty rough. And, yeah, to their credit, you know, <clears throat> he's, dad said that, you know, we gave you everything. We gave you everything you could possibly want, private school, loving household, parents that loved you. You know, we did everything that we could and what it wasn't enough for you. Yep, you're right. You did give him everything, but there's still that lingering feeling of, I started out in this life as an unwanted child and a replacement child. You were looking to fill out a third bassinet. Yeah. Yeah. Again, stuff I never thought about, but he raises a valid point. Next week is the uh, fall finale. Christmas episode. Do you think yeah. is this we're going to finally find out I how think Dad so. died? Yeah, I, I think that that like maybe they'll all come together and talk about how much they miss him and why they hate Miguel. Yeah, I'm hoping. But and as a little side note, I know that it's just a little thing, but it was kind of cool in a way to see Kevin get together with the playwright. Just because she's not his normal type, she's not oh, a Hollywood yes. type. I she's not that a. Was funny. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, on the one hand, you could say that it's good like that. On another hand, you could say, "Wow, you know, he just immediately went for the first available vagina, and you know, was willing to." The the two of them were like, "Okay, let's do it," but maybe it'll turn into something more. You know, maybe this will be a real person for him to help get him regrounded. Yeah, because she seemed fairly real. You know, I like she, how she ranted, like, I hate her. <laughs> I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. You know, I, I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> she knew I was getting like, that car to go visit my sister. I mean, how often does my sister have a baby? But no, she wanted me to drive her out here. And of course, she's the star of my place. So I had to bring her out here. Because I want her to like me. Yeah. I thought that was great. <sighs> um. So, yeah. I don't think... I, uh, I have to say too, as far as like Kate and her stomach stapling. Oh, the, uh, gastric bypass. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be an interesting story, but kudos once again to Toby, one of my favorite characters on this show. <sighs> I know. I love how he handled that. I thought that was awesome. He was just like, yeah, are we still broken up? Okay. I can't be this guy for you. Yeah. You know, as someone who has in the not too distant past gone through something similar to that. It's exactly it. You know, it's like, you don't get to break my heart and say we're broken up and then still dump your problems and expect me to be your counselor and your cheering squad. And so she called and he answered. Yep. And she's like, Oh, I'm surprised you answered. And he's like, yeah, me too. And then (laughs) she just immediately goes right into it. I'm just going like, I get, I rolled my eyes. Yeah. Because I know people like that. I've experienced it. I rolled my eyes immediately. And I was like, oh, geez. I'm yeah. And this is happening and this is happening. And he's like, wow, sounds really rough. But, yeah. you know, I can't be this guy for you anymore. Yeah. Bye. That sounds, yeah, it sounds rough. We still broken up? She's like, well, yeah. Okay, then. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I think it, you're right. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. He wasn't mean. He wasn't like an asshole about it. He wasn't like, you know, you suck. And why would you try? He didn't overly explain. He's just like, I can't be this guy for you anymore. Bye. Now, um, 
I liked the ending where Randall went and saw his mother. Yep. And he didn't read the list. He just said, you know, um, so you kept that secret for 36 years. I bet you that was really tough for you. And she started breaking down and she went to hug him. He goes, nope, not yet. And he just turned and walked off. See you at Christmas, he said, and walked off. Yeah. I liked how his siblings stayed with him Mm -hmm. and they didn't, they didn't wave at her. They didn't do anything. They just, he turned and walked off and they got in the car and drove away type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. They had his back. Yeah. I thought that was good because one of his biggest gripes is he's felt like he hasn't. Yep. And right yeah. there, they showed him more than any words could have said. Yep. Um, going back to last week, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I mean, Grandma always says, oh, now just one with the twins. Yeah. With the picture taking and everything. So. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know why I really, really like that show, but I do. And I, I just I know I've said this. I don't like dramas like that. Like, I don't like just straight up family drama type stuff. Right. I really me enjoy this show. Yep. It's they've managed I've made not they have managed to make me go, oh, I can relate to that every single episode. Sometimes multiple times an episode. And that's probably why it's got such a big appeal. So I the only thing I have left that I watched well I, I watched more than that, but I mean like before we get into the big crossover. Yep. Is I watched Lethal Weapon. Um again <laughs> It was a good episode. I don't hate. I, you know, I, 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 I understand why Aaron hates the show because he's so she's, he is so passionate about the original series with uh, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and everything. But I, I really do like this show. I've the more with each passing episode, it does grow on me more and more. Yep. Uh, there's still those scenes of just like really, like the whole, <laughs> but um, the everything to do with motorcycles in this episode. Oh my god, that was scenes. hilarious! Yeah, holy god. Uh, well, I don't look like a motorcycle at you. Uh, no, 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 you don't. Every single one of them. Yeah, and, and the fact that you know at the end it was a motorcycle gang that came to yeah. take him out, and then Rod shows up at the last second on his motorcycle and pulls off an amazing yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Again, I watched the show for just mindless entertainment and good characters. You know, I like the character. I like the fact that, um, Murtaugh's wife is not the typical wife that you would see in a show like this. You know who she reminds me of is, um, Ellie from white collar. I don't know if you watched a lot of white collar when it was on USA. I did. You know, you talking about Tiffany Amber Thiessen's character? Yes. Yes. She reminds me of her in that she's an understanding wife. She's a yep. fun wife. She's not overbearing or mean or, yep. uh, you know, she's not a cartoon character, basically. Yeah. I, I no, like I, it. I didn't watch the last couple seasons, but White Collar was a good show. It was, yes. But, yeah, that's who she reminds me of, really, in her character. Um, and I like Riggs. I really do. He is one of the best troubled characters I've seen in a while. Yep. Because he does walk the line between doing the right thing and just wanting to, you know, in this one, he gave the money away to them to start a yeah. new life. There you go. Except oh, God, he kept enough kid. to buy the dog food. That, yeah, that kid, when he runs in and he's like, this is Riggs. Uh, he's a police officer. He, you know, like he, he saved me, blah, blah, blah. Yep. He's really sad. His wife is dead. Yeah. Like the kid just throws that in there. Like it's a, <laughs> I'm listing all the facts I know about this guy. 
Yeah, he's really sad that his wife is dead. So, yep. yeah, I don't know. But anyway, it's a fun show. Yep. I, I love watching every week. I love that at the end, he bought the dog a bag of dog food. Yes. <laughs> and was... he bought the Cheetos and he put yep. those up on top of the shelf and everything. Yep. So. Did you watch Lucifer this week? I was did. It on? Yes. What did you think of it? I did, I'm not watching it, but I just remembered that you watched that and we haven't talked about well, it. Here's what's interesting. Okay, so this was a standard episode of Lucifer. Um, in the last episode, his mom decided that, you know, I'm going to take out Chloe. I'm going to kill the, the detective so that Lucifer has nothing holding him here to Earth. So she put a bomb under her car. Which, honestly, if he just she just would have shot her in the head, if you would have just said that to me, I'd be like, I'm going to go watch the show again. <laughs> So, because that's one of my biggest gripes is when he's around her, he can't be Lucifer. Right. But as soon as you just said Bob under the car, I immediately go groan and never <laughs> not going to turn it on, even consider it. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So it, basically, um, now we're having the trial of the warden who orchestrated the death of the detective's father, you know, the crooked warden who was using prisoners to do his hits for him. Amazingly enough, you know, one of the, uh, the, the star witness gets killed before he can show up on the stand. And the new lawyer that's representing him is Lucifer's mom. Cause you know, she works at that law firm. Um, she also has been sleeping with detective douche because he doesn't know who she really is and thinks that she's just a really, really hot woman, which come on, it's Trisha Helfer. I mean, um, so it, basically, it's a, a typical episode of Lucifer. You know, things are happening, things are happening. But then in a very uncharacteristic move, right at the end of the show, the last five minutes, they tell us everything that's going on. What do you mean? Because this is the first time, because the trial's going on, so her mom is in town, you know, Rebecca de Mornay, the yeah. detective's mom, and Amenadiel meets her. And he's floored, and he goes back to his mom, and he's like, I know this woman. 35 years ago, dad sent me down to earth to bless a couple that couldn't conceive a child and asked me to give them a blessing so that they'd be able to conceive a child. And the oh. detective is the result of that union. Oh. And I'm like, holy crap, they just like laid it all out right there. They were like, here's the sh the plot of the show, and this is why she's now. And so mom is like, well, so basically your father orchestrated this years ago to put her in the path of Lucifer. Now we got to figure out what's going on with this. So now it's on hiatus until January. You know, if they would have done this last season. Right. I might have stuck around. Yeah. I, I, but they took too long to figure out what they're going to do with it. And it was like, I was, I would have expected like a little hint, like, I know this woman. And then, you know, to be continued later on, but he was just like, Oh, by the way, here's the plot of the show. Yeah. And, uh, so now they're on hiatus. And when they come back in January, the mom and Amenadiel are going to be exploring what exactly this is because now it looks like one of the scenes that they showed from the preview in January is Chloe is bleeding out the nose and it won't stop. And so perhaps kind of like he becomes vulnerable around her. Maybe something goes wrong when she's around him. Not sure. But at least we've got an answer now. I, I feel better having an answer as to what's uh, you going know, on. I, I will lean to agree with you. Like it does please me to know that there's some sort of resolution out there. Yeah, it, it was it was great. Like I said, you know, the rest of it. 
it was just typical Lucifer. You got to see Maze fight a triad warrior who was wielding two swords, and she kicked his butt, of course, because she's Maze and she's yeah. awesome. And, um, yeah, but yeah, that part I was shocked. Like I was getting ready to like put my iPad up and you know, okay, yeah, move on to the next show, and suddenly it's just like here's everything you've been wanting. So uh, I, I watched the rest of Gilmore Girls. So I watched all four movies. Okay. I thought they were done really well. Like if you, like if you, okay, like like the X Files, like yep. the the six episodes of the X Files that they did when they came back. You know, yep. I mean, it, it incorporated everything that you loved about the show, and it gave you a little bit of everything, and it was awesome. I thought they did a really good job on Gilmore Girls, legitimately just picking things up ten years later. This is where their lives are at, and they literally showed us a quote unquote year of their life in those four movies. You know, in that six hours of of time, one per season. And, Exactly. Yeah, they started with winter, spring, summer, fall, and uh, of all course, you got to you know, do is call. <laughs> pretty much. So when the show ended, the last thing, um, huge spoiler, everybody, uh, is Lorelai and Rory are sitting there together. The camera's panning back, and then Rory turns to her mom and goes, "I'm pregnant," and then boom, credits. And I went, "Yeah, that's exactly how I thought this would end." And so when I was talking to my wife, she's like, oh, I didn't see that coming at all. I'm like, are you serious? They made Rory a – like she's – they made basically kind of a little slut in this one-year thing. Like, <laughs> okay. As far as like she was dating a guy that she didn't even know his name. No one remembered his name. That was the ongoing funny joke called through all four of them. She was seeing a guy that was engaged to someone and they basically – they had a uh, – a sex buddies packed thing going on and it shouldn't be anything more than that. But of course she had feelings for him. Um, and then she had some random one night stand with a guy we don't know. Um, it's some, it was Chewbacca. There was somebody in a Chewbacca costume because she was at some convention thing. Working <laughs> I thought on you were article. seriously meaning Peter Mayhew. Yeah, it might have been, but she was apparently writing. She was writing a news article about people standing in lines, and that must be a New York City thing where people stand in lines forever for everything. Yep. So, anyways, um, but I thought they did good. I mean, you know, uh, Milo Ventimiglia, whatever yep. he was seen in it. He was in the last couple episodes. Uh, Jared Padalecki had a cameo as his old character Dean for like a scene nice. where they had a conversation at a store. So that was kind of funny. Um, Melissa McCarthy finally showed up in the last episode and had her little cameo thing. So it was done really well, and um, I, I could totally see them doing another, like in a couple of years, doing another a run like this. Cool. Yeah. Or maybe they'll just switch to a series, a new series, where it'll be Rory raising her kid and oh, Laura yeah. Lines the grandma or something like that, or maybe them all doing it together. The other big thing of it was, is in the final episode, like Rory's this writer, she has a, a degree in journalism, whatever. And so it's, it's her trying to find her outlet for writing. And then finally near the end, it's just like, you know, it was, uh, I can't think of his character's name, but Milo's character was like, you should write about you and your mom. That right there is a story in itself. <laughs> that could and, be a TV show. Yeah. And so that's what she does. But her mom is like, no, I don't want that out there, which was surprising. And then, of course, by the end, she relented and she had calls. It's called she had Rory titled The Gilmore Girls. And her mom's big addition is you should take the the off and just call it Gilmore Girls. But um, exactly. Yeah. So but I liked it. It was good. It was done well. Uh, I watched a movie this week. OK. I watched a couple. 
I watched Ash. I watched uh, Army of Darkness, like I said. Yes. Uh, I end up watching The Force Awakens twice this week. Once on my own because uh, it was on Stars, and then my son wanted to watch it today, so I sat through that this morning. Not a hard shit, by the way. I was going to say you. Not a hard. Sat I love that. Love that movie. I was just tired is all. I love that movie. I love the characters. I know my my brood doesn't like it very much. He just he like many he has the opinion it's just a new hope and he just bags all over it. But I disagree. I love it. I think it's I, awesome. I hear an awful lot of that come from you when we do these podcasts. What there, there seems to be an awful lot that Mister Rood doesn't like. Yeah, yeah, he bags on a lot of stuff. That's too bags bad. Bags on a lot of stuff that I like. That's but anyhow. Uh, I watched 30 Days of Nights. 30 Days of Night. Is that the vampire one? Yes, that's the one in Barrow, Alaska with Josh Harnett, and the sun goes down and vampires overtake the town and on and on and on. Yeah, I remember starting to watch that back when it first came out and not finishing. Yeah, so I watched it, um, and it's just it's just as ridiculous as, as I remember it. Basically, <laughs> It was based on a comic, a fairly successful yes. comic. Yes. It's based. And, and I've read some of the comic. Uh, this was not as good. That's too bad. Yeah. And then, um, I don't remember much of it. I just remember that it didn't hold my interest and I stopped watching it. Yeah. Well, that's like tonight before you and I sat down to record here, the, the wife and I, we were wanting to watch a movie together, have a movie night. And we started watching. I saw the light. And that's the Tom Hiddleston with Hank Williams as Hank Williams, the biopic. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll just start. Tom Hiddleston is awesome, like singing as Hank Williams. Yep. Like he does a great job. And that is him singing. You know, I saw him doing the, you know, the night show tour where he sang a song every every, you know, every time he was on as a guest to show, hey, yeah, that's me singing in the movie. Yeah. And he does a great job. The movie moves so slow. It's tedious. My wife dozed off twice. We're sitting there. I hit pause at one point. There's 51 minutes left. I just looked at it. I went, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm not going to make these 51 minutes. Well, Hold on a second bad. here. Google machine. Uh, yeah, he dies at 29. All right, let's, let's, let's <laughs> put this on something else. And then I was like, wow, he died at 29 from drugs and alcohol. Like that's, that's amazingly young <laughs> for him to have such a lasting impact on everything. Right. And the movie doesn't like start out with him as a kid. It literally picks up like when he's 22 or three and he's marrying his wife, Hank Jr.'s mom uh, at a gas station with the justice of the peace in Alabama, like in 1941 or two or four or something like that. Yeah. So, huh? Anyhow. So yeah, I just couldn't get through it. Well, I'd like to say that's too bad, but I wouldn't have even picked it up myself. So, well, sometimes it's hard for us to find out. Like, if we just want to watch a movie we both enjoy, I mean, we could throw on Elizabeth Town, Stardust, Princess Bride, I mean, Lonesome Dove, any number of movies that we enjoy together that we know we like. But sometimes we like to watch something new that neither one of us have seen. And, well, the struggle continues. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's a real struggle. Mm. Did you watch any movies? I did not. No movies? No. No. I got us tickets to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go see that Rogue One here coming up in uh, 12 days from now. Did you um, not watch Big Bang this week? Uh, no, I did not. I didn't even realize there was a new episode on. Well, you were correct. I will tell you that. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, by the end of this episode, Bernie is in labor and they got to rush her to the hospital. 
I thought they were going to go the whole season, but looks like they're going to go mid season. Oh, she was way too pregnant for that. The, the end, the, the season finale is going to be that uh, Blossom's pregnant. Oh, God. Or they're getting married or something. Right. Yeah. It, it was, was it a good episode? No, I didn't like it, but I, it was no? no, it was two different stories as usual. You know, the first one was that. You know, Sheldon and Amy decided to give Penny back the painting that Amy had commissioned, the giant painting there, you know, with Amy and Penny in it. And uh, so while they were doing that, Sheldon decided that they should start dividing up their possessions. You know, Leonard and Sheldon should. But it was typical Sheldon stuff, like everything he'd give a reason why he should have it. You know, oh, I think I should have this because. Oh, I don't think you should have this because. And pretty soon it was just everything. So then Leonard got pissed off at him and told him to basically piss off. And then they got into a little prank war over that. Oh, God. Which ended with Christopher Lloyd renting out Sheldon's room in their apartment for the rest of the time that he had the lease on it. Which was interesting. Um, and then Christopher the, Lloyd as Christopher Lloyd? No, Christopher Lloyd is a bum. Oh, okay. All right. All right. And then the other story was that Stewart's house burned down or got foreclosed oh, on or something. God. And his car broke down in Howard's yard while he was bringing them something. So basically he wanted to – oh, he got evicted. That's right. Because he wrote them up all these coupons that they could use you know, as like a – baby gift and one of them was on an eviction notice and he's like oh yeah by the way so now he's going to live with them and then it was it was him and Raj fighting over who got to help more you know who got to build the mobile who got to drive them to the store who got to do this who got to do this and basically making themselves into slaves so that they could prove that they were the better friend the better friend yeah it was terrible I didn't like it Nice. Um, and I will also say I am now done with frequency. Oh, really? What What would made it finally made? Wow. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Why? It was this episode. I got a text from Mr. Mully, and he was like, this is a train wreck. It's a garbage fire. And I was like, I, I've got to watch it anyway. So I watched it, and I found myself only half watching it, like glancing at the screen and then looking away. But remember how I told you that they've really turned it into this whole big romantic thing? You know, is she going to get with this one or this one? She's got the two men in her life. And it ended with her kissing one of them passionately while they did the swelling romantic music. Like, you know, it was some kind of triumph that she finally got with the man that she's meant to be with. And I went, nope, done. And I will not watch it again. I'm finished. The fact that they took one of my most beloved movies and reduced it to C.W. Dreck of a romance story is just, it's ridiculous. It's, they've tarnished the name of Frequency and I will have nothing more to do with it. I hope it gets canceled and that it never gets released on DVD and that it burns in hell. Wow. Yeah. That's more passionate of hate than Aaron feels about the Lethal Weapon series. Dude, they have run this into the ground. It, at least with Lethal Weapon, you could say, yeah, if you take the name off of it and you change the names of the people, right. it's a decent show. This is a garbage show. Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, when they announced the show, I was just like, I love the movie so much. Oh. How can this be a TV show? Yeah. Because the concept of how they are able to communicate does not last beyond a couple weeks. Yeah. You know? Yep. So I wasn't buying it. Nope. And uh, outside of the uh, crossover event, which I assume we're going to be talking about shortly. 
Yes. Uh, I did want to touch upon quickly that this week Adam ruined the Wild West. No, no, he did not. No, I don't know if I want to hear this. Oh, it was good. It was really uh, I love the good. Wild West. How did he win it? <laughs> well, he basically said, as we all know, that everything was false. Uh, cowboys herded cows. They were laborers. They were not John Wayne riding on a on a white horse. In fact, a third of all cowboys or cowmen, as they were originally called, a third of them were Mexicans, and a quarter of them were black. Um. He was saying that, you know, there was no Wild West because most frontier towns were there for business. They were there for people raising cattle or looking for gold or mining or whatever. They had stricter gun laws than those same cities will have today. And you basically, if you came into the town, you had to check your guns with the sheriff and you could get them when you left the town. See, I know all this already. I've been made well aware of all this. (laughs) I want to have my suspension of disbelief that the Wild West was the Wild West. Oh, but it wasn't. I know it wasn't. <laughs> Freaking Adam. It says that uh, America owes most of its cowboy traditions to Mexico because Spain introduced cattle to Mexico in the 1500s, which is when the cowman was born. And that's why most cowboy words derive from Spanish, like lasso, rodeo, mustang, bronco, and chaps. Those all derive from Spanish words. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I, I just assume because it was close to old Mexico and – Yeah. All right, cool. All right. In, in the 1500s, I mean, that was well before we had the 1800s and the gold rush and everything. And yeah. um, Wyatt Earp was a con man drifter who sold his story to Hollywood. Buffalo Bill was an entertainer. He was basically – ran a circus. He – went around town to town spinning tales and doing reenactments like plays about yeah. the Wild West. But it was all just made up. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, but going back to Wired Earp, yeah, Wired yeah. Earp was, was as – Wired Earp was not the – like in this I know, like he even in Tombstone and in the movie Wired Earp, he's portrayed as being like the the gallant hero lawman. He was He was – Worse than a lot of the bad guys. Yeah, he was a scumbag. Oh yeah, yeah. He he talked about how cowboys didn't fight Indians. The uh, U.S. government fought Indians. They didn't even really fight them. They just took their land, gave it to took their land, gave it to the people who wanted to live out there, and then put them on reservations or killed them. Uh, this was interesting, though. He said that women did more to settle the Wild West than men did, because yeah. essentially most of these places where people would go to mine or raise cattle or whatever were little more than work camps when they would get there. He said, you know, they'd be like, here's the hole you sleep in. Here's the hole you crap in. Um and it, you were just there to do work, but men were so desperate for women that there were actually like places where you could go and see a pair of women's panties, pay for the privilege of seeing a pair of women's panties just so that you could feel like closer to a woman. So you mean you mean bloomers? Yes, yes, yeah. and uh, so women realized that there was an opportunity here, so they would come out, and this is where prostitution really took off, because they were like, hey, you've got money, and you really want to be with a woman, so they would sell them the honor of being with a woman, little play, and the towns built up around those brothels, you know, because they would get the money, and they would give it to the girls that work there and said, you know, go start a school, go start a bank. Um, They would do more for the communities than the men who were working there because they would actually set up things like workers' comp or uh, sending children to colleges with the money that they earned. 
Yeah, sadly, not sadly, but Little House on the Prairie is a more accurate depiction of of life in that time than, say, Gunsmoke is or Pants or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Another interesting – I didn't know this part, uh, but it feels like something that I should have known or maybe I did know at one point, but I just forgot. Uh, Wyoming – was so like Wyoming did so well with the brothels and the prostitutes and everything. Uh, they gave women the right to vote 50 years before the rest of the nation did. Um, and Wyoming refused to join the union at first because the union was like, no, women can't have the right to vote. And they said, our women are voting or we won't join the union and we will hold out for a hundred years if we have to. And so Uncle Sam was like, okay, I guess your women can vote. I did not know that. I didn't either. Um, and then he said that the real hero of the Wild West, the the real knight in shining armor, was air conditioning. Because the Wild West is a desert, and there's no water, and there's no cool air, and there's no shade. So the advent of air conditioning was a miracle. And the first buildings, the first public buildings that readily had air conditioning were movie theaters. So they would bring people in to watch movies about the Wild West, and people would flock to them just to be there for the air conditioning. They didn't even care about the movies themselves, but that's why the Hollywood industry was able to boom so much was because people were just flocking there by the dozens to be part of the air conditioning. That's funny. Isn't it? So yeah, it, it was it was a different aspect than like say uh, a million ways to die in the West and how they kind of ripped on the West. Yep. But it which was is good. a funny movie, by the way. Yes, it was great. It's a funny movie. But yeah, basically Adam was walking around with a guy who was the epitome. You know, he was the amalgamation of all the John Waynes and you know all the cowboy heroes of the past, and in the end, killed him off because. He said, you don't exist. You're a figment of everyone's imagination. Yeah. No, I believe it. I believe it. But I still love watching Deadwood and (laughs) Hell on Wheels, all the other westerns where the cowboys fought the Indians. There you go. Great. Shanghai Noon and such. (laughs) I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, I like the movie. It's good. Chinese man fights the Indians with kung fu. I mean, how how could that not be bad? And slapstick. And slapstick, yeah. So, do you want to talk about the uh, the crossover, or do you want to talk about the news? Any news items you may have? Oh, I can go either way. What are you thinking? I'm thinking. Let's talk about the crossover. All right, let's do the crossover. So, if you could, one of my favorite things of all three episodes. Okay which was more prevalent in Flash and Arrow, was Diggle's one-liners. Yes. He's always I, had that, hasn't he? I really enjoyed Diggle's one-liners. <laughs> like, uh, okay, when Barry goes and grabs both of them and brings them you know, brings them to the, the penthouse or whatever. <laughs> Diggle and just Diggle loses it. Runs outside, and he's like, sorry, and he's like, it's okay. Oh, and he just starts throwing up. <laughs> um, I love that. When Diggle sees, um, like the aliens or whatever it is, or the, uh, the super, no, no, no. What did he see? He saw, oh, he saw space, the spaceship pop and come in. And he goes, you know, I've never done drugs because I was always thought I'd see odd stuff. 
I like when he meets Supergirl and she flies up and, you know, uses her eyes to make her carve and he's like, I believe her. Yep. Or so, I'm convinced. I'm convinced or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He just had a lot of great one-liners. Yeah. That made him stand out, so. <laughs> yep. It was good. And he's done that in the past on Arrow. He's played yes. the straight man with the quippy one-liners. Now, did you find it was odd that, like, for instance, on Flash, we didn't get, uh, we didn't, we, like, uh, like, um, I, I can't even talk. On Flash, we didn't get Commander Steel. Right. And we didn't get, uh, the, um, we didn't get, uh, we didn't get Arrow's new, new gang. Right. Instead, instead we got Speedy back. Yep. I yep. like her reasoning for shooting up again. This is, this, this is alien. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she I was geeking why. out about it. It was yeah. great. And then Ray has his Adam suit back, apparently. And they made – my sister was asking me about that too. He made quick mention of that. He said something to Cisco about, you know, yeah, stop off in the Wild West and all that dwarf star alloy means I get a new suit. And Cisco was like, I think it's due for an upgrade. And he goes, hmm, maybe afterwards. Yeah. Um, which I, as soon as they got all the dwarf star, I thought he'd get a new suit. But the way they just kind of like – Left it. Yeah, they didn't – yeah, but whatever. But I thought it was odd that like on Flash, we didn't get – Certain people. We didn't get certain people. On Arrow, we didn't get certain people. Yep. But on Legends, we got – we got and we didn't get certain people. Yep. Like we didn't get Oliver's new crew, but we got Commander Steel. Yep. And we didn't we got, get Speedy. She was conveniently absent. We didn't get Speedy. I mean I, I wonder why is – it, is it a right – it can't be a rights thing with the characters crossing over on no. the shows because they're all – I think it was probably shooting schedules. They probably didn't want to have to write parts for every one of them in every episode. You know, it's like the Arrow episode was very thick and heavy with Arrow mythology. Even the parts that had, like, Flash and Supergirl were kind of shoehorned in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It felt like we were missing some opportunities there, you know. Um. Yeah, and likewise, you know, um. The Legends of Tomorrow episode was not Legends heavy. No. Which was because the last scene of the whole crossover is is Barry and Oliver. Yeah. And that's that was a Legends of Tomorrow episode. So. Right. But that was still kind of cool because it started with them. I know that Oliver said to Sarah, you know, this all kind of started with the two of us. And I get what he's saying there, you know, the fact yeah. that they got on the Queen's Gambit and started that whole thing. But, you know, all of this started because of Arrow and Flash. Yeah. So all in all, before we really delve into it, did you like the crossover? Overall, I did. I had a lot of problems with it, but I liked it. What about you? I I enjoyed it as well. I feel like the story was kind of maybe a little weak sauce. Oh, there was so much weak sauce. It was just like we need a reason to put them together. What are we going to go with? Oh, how about we go with an alien race? And why is it, as my sister pointed out, why is it that Barry sees a ship come down filled with aliens that run off? He's dealt with things before. He's dealt with speedsters. He's dealt with time travel. He's dealt with what he thought was Godzilla, but it was just a 3D hologram. Why is it that suddenly he's like, oh, my God, there's aliens here. I've got to assemble the team. It seemed a bit of a stretch. Now – what we both agreed would have been better was if it had been something like a rogue Kryptonian 
Like, say they brought Kara over and these aliens were like, oh, guess what? Um, we've dealt with Kryptonians before. Here's some red kryptonite and then unleashed her. That would have been a reason to assemble the team and be like, this is an unstoppable being from another world. We need help. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in agreement. Um, the other thing is like, all right, so the ship landed, they all ran off the ship, but then we don't see them again for a long time. Yeah. They're not causing havoc anywhere. And considering we find out that their whole reason for coming down here was Barry Allen and they walked right past him, looked at him and then ran away. Yeah. They didn't just muckle on him and pull him back on the ship. Yeah. (laughs) Hey guys, the mission's over. (laughs) Yeah. Right. We're all done. But no, instead, like they put the team together and of course you have the drama of we finally hear what the recording was, which is don't trust me or anyone. Yep. And then they're like, well, we got to tell everyone about this because for whatever reason, like full disclosure uh, is important when it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, I think the key word here is going to be weak sauce. You know, yeah. why do we need these people to know Basically, they just, they just banked on – Let's have a big crossover episode. Let's get all these characters together. Let's put them on the screen at once, and we'll come up with a reason why they're fighting with each other or, or battling each other. Or you know what I mean? We'll, we'll come up with a, a reason why after is an after afterthought. It's more like if we can get them together, then we're going to do huge ratings, and people are going to love it. I loved it. I did. Too. I love. I love seeing all those characters together. Yes, even when some of them were mysteriously missing. Yeah, like Supergirl didn't have a huge part. Like she had a huge pr- – Supergirl had a, a big role on Flash. Yes. But not as big of a role, like a small role on Arrow and a small role in Legends. <laughs> yeah, she, huge- she literally got benched on Legends. Oliver's yeah. like, I don't trust you because I don't understand and assimilate things quickly. So I need you to sit there while I figure stuff out. Yeah. And she's like, okay, even though I'm Supergirl. Yeah. You literally yeah. brought me here because I'm an alien and I can beat up all of you. Yeah, but then they used her at the end so she could race around the world putting these little devices on all these aliens. Yep. Which, again, weak sauce, the fact that they had to race around (sighs) the world. And if they're there for Barry, why are they in any place but Central City if they're there for Barry? Right. You know? (laughs) You know, or it's just it didn't didn't make that – that part didn't make any sense to me. Nope. Um, again, it was just a way to get all the characters on the screen. Right. And then, of course, they use Cisco as apparently the biggest genius in the world because he was able to make a little handheld device for Kara to use to jump from world to world. Yep. And to just use it as a communications radio. Well, he he did other things too. He warped them there in the first place. Yeah. He was responsible for uh, getting the – uh, in Legends, he helped repair the ship and get the transponder yep. so that they could communicate. Yep. I mean, I know he's smart, but it's just like a little too much. Like he makes these things a little too easily, a little too – you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But yeah, he's always been that way. Yeah. Because you would think, all right, maybe he can make a device like the one he gave Kara. Yep. But it would have been nice if he would have said to me – Hey, I've been working on this for a long time. I finally got it right here. You can have one. You know what I mean? Like here, you can use this to reach out to us if you need to. 
Like if they at least would have caveated with it took him a long time to make this. Not like oh I right. just threw this together. Right. Yes, I I understand that. Yeah, but it's just I don't know. I realize he's smart, but the technology he possesses and the genius that he possesses doesn't let him see past people make mistakes, and sometimes you have to forgive friends. <laughs> it, it was even though he's a genius, you know. It was interesting that. First off, remember last year when we found out that they were going to do Flashpoint, or I should yes. say earlier this year, yes. and I kept saying over and over again, it better last, it better last. Yep. Now, so I was in agreement. the universe itself may not have lasted beyond two episodes, yep. but I'm glad that the ramifications keep coming up. Yes, I, I, as am I. As am I. I. I think that they're doing it justice in that respect, at least, which is nice. I, I will agree with you there. Um, I thought that it was nice to see that multiple different people got to see from his point of view. You know, they were all ready to criticize and crucify him. And then it wasn't that each one of them got to go back in time and change one thing. It was that they got their own view of, I thought I was doing the right thing and I ended up screwing things up. You know, Stein yes. with his younger self or Cisco with freeing the alien. Yep. So it was nice that the lesson got to be learned in that way. Yep. yep. Um, of course, I saw the internet pretty much melted down and exploded over Brandon Routh saying, oh, looks like my cousin. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I did. I laughed out loud at that legitimately. You know, and the pause that he took, you know, the like yeah. half half a heartbeat pause, and then he like yeah. cocked his head, like, wait a minute, why would I say that? Yeah, no, I thought that was funny. I thought that was done well. I thought it was weird that Kara showed up in her Supergirl outfit, and at the end of it, she's got her glasses and right. Kara outfit on. Yeah, like she brought a suitcase with her. <laughs> no, I think she probably found mousy clothing somewhere there on that earth. And then it was funny, but then once she saw Felicity and her side by each, it was like, oh my god, they do look alike. Like <laughs> It's like looking in a mirror. Yep. <laughs> she kind of looks like my cousin. <laughs> um, um, yeah. It, it was, uh, we also learned that Kara is from Earth 38. Yes. Not that it has a lot of significance, but it was nice that they threw that yeah. in there. And, and of course, you got what they made a reference to the Super Friends. Yep. They made reference to best team up ever. And um, how many awesome shots did we get of the Hall of Justice? I loved it, personally. I know. No. You didn't? No, I'm sorry. I cut out. You cut out. I stopped talking. Oh, I said I loved it, personally. I know that it was... You know, it was more of a sight gag in a way. Yeah. Because you said, awesome. you know, it's some old hangar or hall that Star Labs owns. Well, I guess I own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I thought that was awesome. But every time they would show up from the exterior and you saw the fountain with the little star in it, you saw the stars with Star Labs. I was just like, it's the Hall of Justice. It's the Hall of Justice. Yeah. No. It was great. I, they did a lot of great nods. I thought they did a really, really good job as far as all the little things they did, all the little comments. I thought Diggle was great. But I think the overall story of what they used to bring them together was, was just weak sauce. It was very weak sauce. They could have done it a lot of better ways. Yeah. I expect that next year at this time when they do a crossover, it will be because Legends of Tomorrow is creating the Legion of Doom. Yeah. I want to see that. I want to see a legitimate Legion of Doom versus Justice League kind of thing, you know? Which, I mean, they've introduced Superman. They could do it. Yep. 
Yeah, they could bring Superman and Supergirl Kara back can, over. Kara could, yeah, they could bring her cousin Superman over. Yep. Um, I don't know. Like, what did you think of all the like the? Um, all right, so they're in on Arrow. They're on the alien ship. The whole the, all the the characters are. They're stuck in those pods. They're they're being played a. This is how your life could be thing or whatever. Yeah. In order to keep them complacent, so that they can read their yeah. brains and see if they know any weaknesses against metahumans. Right. Why would they create the uh, the smoke? building there for them to go to to find the little doorway they walk through this so they can release themselves into the pods. Why would that be there? Zero it's like, idea. It's like when an, it's like on Phineas and Ferb where Dr. Doofenshmirtz makes everything with a self-destruct button. Yeah. And then accidentally always manages to press the button every episode. Like yep. why would you why, – why are you even building one on there? <laughs> why would the aliens provide that? I mean they don't – you know like it doesn't – that – did not make sense to me. And then they're on the alien ship, and then they're running around, and immediately I'm thinking like, oh, good thing apparently the aliens breathe oxygen. Or a good thing they have oxygen pumped into there. Right. Oh, look, they, they managed to figure out how to fly an alien ship. And when the aliens launch 100 million ships after them and start firing on them, oh they, they should have been immediately killed. Yes. Yes. Immediately you, killed. You're talking about people who are flying a ship that they have no idea how to fly versus exactly. 100 million ships piloted yep. by aliens that are used to flying them. Exactly. Um, there was an awesome scene in Arrow, though. I'm jumping around a lot, I realize, where you had Mr. Fantastic and Felicity and Cisco. One of them made, like, a Star Wars joke, and they all laughed. Yes. Like, the, a very, very vague, like, I think it was a R2-D2 or C3, C-3PO. C-3PO. He, C-3PO he's fluent in six million forms of communication. Yeah, and, they, and the three of them were like, oh, and no one else was laughing. I thought that was awesome. Yep. I loved how excited Mr. Fantastic was about hacking alien tech. I'm going to hack actual alien tech. This is the greatest <laughs> day of my entire life. Like, you know, like I like I like the nerd and the geek aspect of all the of those shows. So they all yes. have that, like, and they love doing stuff like that. I, I thought that was awesome. Like, I loved in the beginning of Legends when they did their first time jump and Felicity couldn't speak. Like, she vomited. And then she's like, yeah. And he's like, I think what she means is have fun storming the castle. Oh, you did not, Princess Bride, me. Yes. I liked it when Felicity, when they jumped again and Felicity was like, I'm blind. I'm blind. At least she didn't throw up this stuff. Oh, there it is. Yeah. But um, but for all that stuff, then you had things like the fact that they tracked the president down because he had a transponder, and apparently they knew about this. But what the Secret Service didn't, the the yes. army didn't, the SEALs didn't. Like nobody decided to go after the president except for this ragtag group of people. My yeah, no- my top. note for this was obvious traps are obvious. Yeah, and then they then they immediately disintegrated the president. Yeah. Yeah. Dominators, when they grab the president and then Lila goes, traveler has been taken. I repeat, traveler has been taken. The president has been taken. Then why do you have a code term if you're just going <laughs> to plank talk it? It says, when is his code word traveler? I thought he yeah. was always like eagle. The eagle, yeah. But isn't that stupid? Yes, it is. Again, there is a lot of stupid in this. There really was. Why is it that Mick was like, I'm not going to call you Supergirl? I'm going to call you Skirt. And then yeah. two seconds later, they're getting their brains melted, and he goes, Supergirl, Supergirl do something. Yeah. Well, I thought actually that was funny. And then later on, he's back to calling her Skirt. Yeah. Call um, me. 
I, I liked it when they asked something like she asked like like basically Mick summarized his backstory and who said it. I burned my family alive and I like to set things on fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not unstable at all. Um, we got to see Barry use one of his powers that he hasn't used in quite a while, which was the whole, you know, he raced her to the building and then pissed her off. As they said, you know, I think he's trying to piss her off because she is invincible and then vibed an illusion of himself in front of the machine yeah. so that she charged through it. He threw three lightning bolts at once this time. Yep. Yep. That was cool. Yep. We really haven't seen him do that. <laughs> Except for it just kind of bounced off Supergirl. She's like, yeah. whatever. Um, an arrow. Uh, I liked how they used a way to like bring in other characters. Like they brought Damien Dark in. They had, they had Malcolm in. They had yeah. Rory, which I think that was a really bad computer generation. I don't think it was the actual actor. Yeah. But, you know, they brought back mom and dad. I mean, they brought back a lot of characters for this episode. So that was really cool. But you know who they didn't have? Artemis. Oh, yeah. No, they at didn't. all. They had his whole new team, but no Artemis and no explanation of why she wasn't there. I mean, I know at the last, at the end of the last era, we saw her like go rogue apparently, but you'd still think that people would have at least mentioned, hey, why isn't she helping us? Oh, that's right. Her, she was not there at all with the new, with the, when no. they showed the new team. This episode continued to show me why Mad Dog doesn't need to be on the show. Yeah, Mad Dog needs to be written off bad. And, he is a and stupid then, like, character. And I realized he quickly came to realize, like, well, I guess if some people have powers, it's okay if they use them like that. Yeah. But, like, the fact that the Flash and Supergirl were with him and his main thing is he kills everybody by shooting them. Yeah. I thought it was odd that they seemed okay with that. Yeah. Like, you think morally they both would be like, uh, dude, you don't need to shoot everybody. We can right. take care of this. Yeah. And now, do you think that character they introduced, the woman there with all the bionic parts, if you will, yeah. do you think she's coming back again or do you think that was a throwaway? I hope she's coming back because it seemed like a good idea. You know, somebody who's augmenting herself and yeah. building a better version of herself over and over again. Almost reminded me of like a Brainiac kind of thing, but not really. Yeah. Um, but I hope it's not a throwaway. But then again, it was on Arrow, so it probably will be a throwaway because – all their villains have to be grounded in reality. But I, I do like how they managed to they, – like they kind of took a week off from focusing on everything that normally goes on on the shows. Yep. The normal storylines like you know Julian as Alchemy and mm-hmm. Savitar and everything else like that You know to do this story. Um, and I like how they kept it in the current timeline still. Like they didn't you – know, like they didn't like – do the story to do the story, but it didn't make sense. You know, like when you right. get the Christmas specials like Warehouse 13, but yes. it doesn't fall into the, the, the season finale or the, the season premiere coming up. It's just kind of like as a standalone that happened at some point at Christmas. Right. Yep. Right. This wasn't a, just a standalone. This happened at some point, you know? Yep. So, um, I mean, ultimately, I, I, I liked a lot about it. I liked a whole lot about it. I, again, I enjoyed it. I can say that yeah. if you just asked me to sum it up, I enjoyed it. Did I have problems? Oh, I had a ton of problems. I yeah. I liked the fact that they treated Supergirl the way that they should have. It would have been easy for them to bring her on and then make her, like, weaker than she could yeah. have been. Like, yeah. she was an unstoppable force, as she mm-hmm. should have been. Like she, she's Supergirl, yes. Yeah, she took apart those teams over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, she, Barry admitted she's just as fast as me. Um, 
it, it was nice to see them paying that kind of respect. You know, when you see her on her show and she gets bounced around a few times and knocked down. Exactly, yeah. Um, so at least they didn't say, you know, oh, well, Oliver's got arrows that can stop her. Nope. <laughs> Everything pinged right off her. Yep. Yeah, I know. I thought that was great, too. Um, I do like the addition of Stein's daughter. I think that if we're going to go with alternate timelines, it's a nice way to do it. Um. But they, they're, but they're going with that was not an effect to Flashpoint. That was Stein did that himself. Right. And at first he was going to eliminate her, and now he's like, because oh, it's wait. she. He looked at it like a logical scientist point of view of that. This is a time aberration that needs yes. to be corrected. Yep. Yeah. But, but now she's very helpful and very smart, and he doesn't know if he can. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I hope that they let her stay on the show. Uh, obviously not as a main character. I mean, we never see his wife anymore. But Well, because they're never in uh, current times, if you right. will. If anything, I see her showing up on on Flash more than any of the other shows. Right. And, and it's interesting, too, because they never really touched upon if she knew that her father was Firestorm. I, I, feel, yeah, I, well, I feel like she knew. You think so? Yeah, I feel like she did know because when she saw her dad, it wasn't like, oh, my God, where have you been? I haven't right. seen you in forever. You know, right. it was more like mom's not home, but it's great to see you. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. And um, so I feel like she had to know. Now, can we talk for a second about what qualifies HR to train a speedster? Yeah, I don't know that. That was – I forgot about that, but yeah, that was stupid. Why is Wally like, you could train me? He's like, I could train you. Yeah, I could do this. Why? Yeah, I don't I don't know. He doesn't have the ability – like he's not a scientist. He's not a doctor. He's not a scientist. I, I don't like this – I don't like this version of, of Dr. Wells at all. I don't either. I really want them to do away with it. I, I, I do not like it. I think it's – I don't think it adds to the show in any way, shape, or form. Nope. Um, nope. yeah. it, it's creating more friction than anything, and the fact that he's going to train Wally makes no sense. Yeah, that, that's, that seems stupid. He, he he's never been a speedster. You know, the reason that the original Wells was able to is because he was really the Reverse Flash. So exactly. he understood his physiology, or at the very least, he was a doctor, a scientist mm-hmm. who under you know who. Could, yeah, the the yeah. second Harrison Wells was an actual scientist, and he had been dealing with metahumans. He had created metahumans, so he understood yeah. their physiology. This one's a joke. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. No. And I'm also not a fan of them all benching Wally because, well, he could get hurt. He doesn't understand his powers. Well, then train him. Yeah. Train yeah, him like again, you train Barry. Exactly. I agree with that as well. Well, but, but Wally's not Barry. He just can't jump out there. Barry didn't just jump out there. That's right. Wells trained him. Exactly. Wells trained him. I mean, yeah. So, you know, even Wells with his daughter, you know, with, with Jesse Quick. I mean, yeah. at first he was like, no, no, no. And then he realized, you know what? This is what you're born to do. This is what you got to do. That's right. So, <sighs> it was, it was good. Again, it was better than the last crossover. Um, it lived up to the hype. It did live up to the hype. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next one. Like I said, I really hope that by the time they do the next one, they've got a full-on like Legion of Doom kind of thing. I want to see legit villains versus legit heroes. Real reason to cross over. Real reason to bring Supergirl over. Um, you know, yep. 
something more akin to that. I had never, I did, I, I have not taken the time since watching it at all to look up to see if the Dominators actually played a role in, in, in the comic books at all. Or I haven't say. either. So I think that it was maybe, a throwaway maybe, thing. Maybe someone can answer that for us. Yeah. Well, I got a few news items to talk about. All right. You, you, and I think you probably have heard or read all these. Uh, just real quick, Marvels and Humans. Yeah. Eight episodes. September 26, 2017 to November 14th, shot all in IMAX. Yes. And the first two episodes are going to be launched in IMAX theaters. Yep. So the earlier rumor I'd heard last week or a couple weeks ago, whatever it was, of possibly this, this replacing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as the weekly Marvel show on ABC or whatever nope. clearly is not the case. Nope. But they went from doing an Inhumans movie to doing an eight-episode miniseries, basically. Yeah. Which, oh, well, it'll probably be solid. I bet it will be. I'll definitely watch it. And it deals with the royal family, so you know the ones that we haven't seen yet. Exactly. Black Bolt, Medusa, Lockjaw. And uh, kind of sticking to the Marvel news, I guess, um, the, the show that uh, Haley Atwell's been on conviction, <laughs> not Cancel. doing well. Yeah. So with that being done, I mean, that does open up the possibilities of her returning as Agent Carter. It's true. You know, because from what I'd heard, ABC kind of still wanted to do another season, mm-hmm. but there was a conflict with her doing conviction and, and everything. But now with that being done, I, I sincerely hope they do another season because I really enjoyed Agent Carter. I did as well. I would like to see that as well. If they rather they put it back on ABC as a summer series, or if they do a Netflix series, or whatever it is they do, I'd like to see it come back. Um, and then the last bit I want to talk about is a new Star Trek Discovery series. The the cast they kind of announced this past week. Yes. So first off, they pushed the show's release from January to May. Yep. Which I was really looking forward and gearing up to watching that, you know, next month. But, oh but well. given how little we've heard about it, it's not surprising. Yeah, yeah. If they actually had anything shot, we would have been hearing about it. We would have been seeing real trailers. So yes. I'm not surprised. And I feel like this next bit is not uh, new news, but I'm just going to I'm going to share it like it's new news, I guess. Uh, it takes place 10 years prior to the original Captain Kirk series. Yep. That's where it falls in the timeline. The ship is called the uh, USS Shenzhou. Gesundheit. And it yeah, thank you. And it's being captained by uh uh I can't I'm going to pronounce this horribly Ger- Gergu, Gergu, G R G I O U, played by Michelle Yeoh. Yes, I gotta say I'm I'm a big fan of Michelle Yeoh because I'm a big fan of Jackie Chan, and that's where I was first introduced to her. and And I'm excited to see what she's gonna bring, you know, to the series to to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Jones is gonna be Science Officer Seru. He's gonna be a member of a new alien series we've never seen on Star Trek. Doug Jones in appliance makeup that doesn't seem <laughs> like a stretch for him, right? <laughs> nope. No, I, I can picture this. Yeah, so I think he'll be great at that. Um, and then the other person they announced, Anthony Rapp, is not someone I'm familiar with at all. Um, when I did some research, apparently he's done a lot of Broadway stuff. Uh, but he is going to play a character called Stamets. He's an openly gay science officer that studies fungi in space. Ooh, interesting. Really? Well, Fungus in space is interesting? Yeah, think about um, 
that movie that we saw the preview for with Ryan Reynolds, Life. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is fungus in space, I it's guess. It's the basic blocks of yeah. living organisms, you know, before you get to aliens or whatever. So, yeah, I can definitely get behind that. It may not be the most fascinating thing to watch him look at mushrooms, but I can understand right. the science behind it. So, but, uh, I don't know. I'm really excited about the new Star Trek series. I, I'm surprised it took them this long to launch one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm hoping that to it, it took them this long because they're doing it right. Well, what I mean is like, not, um, I mean, what was it? The last series we had was Enterprise mm-hmm. and that ended in 2009 or 10, right? I thought you were going to say disgrace, but yeah, I think 2009. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, I'm just surprised it's taken them this many years to launch another series, actually. I gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hope they're doing it right. And the fact they've pushed it back to May, I hope it's just so they can make sure they're, you know, doing the show justice. So, yep. Um, I don't know. I got a trailer I watched, but I'm sure you're bringing that up. So, I watched a couple of trailers. What you got? Uh, I watched the teaser, and by teaser, I mean literally like five seconds for the new Mummy movie starring Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah? How was that? It was literally five seconds. It was like panning out on some mummy's face. But it looks like it's all going to be like Tom Cruiseified. so I'm not excited. I liked the Brendan Fraser mummy movies. I liked their goofy charm. I really did too. <laughs> I, I liked Arlo Valslu as the mummy. Yep. I, I I thought that they were great because they were like they were Indiana Jones meets uh, like they weren't even out at the time, but the Uncharted games. You know Nathan Drake, the the charming, lovable, slapsticky kind of guy who's competent, but at the same time he's a little bit out of his depth. And they were just great. And I don't like. I didn't even watch the third movie because they got rid of Rachel Vice. And oh yeah, no, I did, and it was a mistake. Yeah, I and they brought in his son. I just liked the first two movies. I really enjoyed them, and. I don't want to see a remake that has Tom Cruise and has all of his Tom Cruise jizz all over it. But see, here's the thing. All right. So the Brendan Fraser mummy movies um, were just movies about mummies, obviously. I don't know how to phrase this. The Tom Cruise mummy movie is a remake of the Universal Horrors, Universal Studios mummy movie. Makes me want to watch it even less. But that's but that's what that you know what I mean. I like gotcha. It's following in that line of thing. Whereas Brendan gotcha. Fraser's The Mummy wasn't in yep. relation to that. That's how this one falls in relation to. If I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. I don't think I am. Which again makes me want to watch it even less because a classic horror movie like that being Tom Cruiseified is horrible. To yeah, think I like how you're saying Tom Cruiseified because that really is a great adjective. It really is because you think about the movies that he stars in. You think about the Mission Impossible movies. You know, beyond the first one because the first one was actually good. It was intriguing, but everything beyond that, where it was like high action, high octane, um, Minority Report. Uh, what did we just get recently that was? Tom Cruiseified, but you know what I mean. It's everything is him running and him sweating and him like not knowing what he's going to do and the Jack Reacher movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not looking forward to a Tom Cruiseified classic horror movie. Gross. Um, but moving along, I did watch tonight the first official trailer 
for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. God, Trailer 2, I love it. It was... I loved it. Awesome. <laughs> oh my god, if you haven't seen this, just Google Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy 2 trailer. You'll find it. It, it We'll so, link it on the... We'll link it or whatever. <laughs> so many good god. one-liners. The conversation between Rocket and Baby Groot was just... Yes. It, that did it for me right there. That's oh, just, I love... I love Rocket turning around going, do you have any tape? And then you see Starlord and he's like, tape? No, we got no tape. And you can see there's a, ba- a big battle going on. Yeah, there. like millions of ships yeah. shooting each other. Yeah. And he's like, none of you guys, guys have tape? tape. He's like, you're the guy with the atom bomb in your backpack. If anyone should have tape, it's you. You know, like, I love that. I, I, I want to put some tape over the death button. Yeah, the death button. Because <laughs> he kept trying to teach Groot, don't push this yeah. button or you'll kill everybody. Now repeat it back to me. I am Groot. Okay. No, don't push the button. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, for me, like I love the scene where they're in that room and the girl's like, "You have, se- you have like, uh, love. you have like love. You have sex love for her." Ha 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 ha! Dave Batista losing his mind laughing. Yes. was hilarious. <laughs> he's like. <laughs> Sorry. He's just laughing his ass off. And he's just like, she just revealed your deepest, darkest secret. How embarrassing for you. <laughs> and then goes on to say, do me next, do, do me, me next. Do me. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was like, great. And his character in the first movie was awesome. My, the, <laughs> like one of the most quotable lines that I remember is at the end where he's just like, well, what if something, what if someone has something and I want it more? Can I take it from him? No, that's theft. Huh. Well, what if someone irks me and I want to, and I remove his spine? No, no, that's, that's murder. That's, that's worse. That's, that's the, the worst, worst thing you can do. <laughs> Interesting. And he walks up like, there's so nothing will go lines. over my head. I have cat like reflexes. I would catch it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how literal he speaks. Yep. Cause that's that his race. Yeah. And I love how like, Dave Bautista somehow is killing it as that character. <laughs> I don't understand it. He's doing a great job. I love it. Yeah, that trailer tonight, I watched it twice and laughed and laughed and laughed. It was so good. It was – it's – oh, yeah. It's awesome. I did watch another trailer the other day. Oh, which um, And it ties in because it was, I believe, produced by James Gunn. He was promoting uh-huh. it. It's called The Belko Experiment. Hmm. And it was a Red Band trailer. And it looks like something that might be right up your alley, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, it's this office building filled with people, and they are sealed in. Like, for some reason, there's iron plates that go over the windows, and they get this announcement over the intercom that says, uh, in the next 10 minutes, kill three of you, or we will kill 10 of you. Oh, that sounds amazing. And the people are locked in and they're like, what's going on? And at first, it looks like at first they're like, you know, this is unbelievable. No, this isn't really happening. And then somebody's head explodes because apparently when they came to work for this company, they had these little implants put in their necks. And the announcement over the intercom says, don't try to remove those. We're watching you. And then now, what's what's the name of it again? The, the Belko, Belko experiment. Oh, Belko? Yep. B-E-L-K-O. And it the trailer keeps getting creepier and creepier and creepier to the point where at the end you hear the voice say in the next 10 minutes, kill 30 of you, or we will kill all of you. So it sounds Dude, like it keeps ramping up. What's that? John Cena. John Cena. Yes. 
Yeah. Michael Rooker's in it? Yeah. Well, it's James Gunn and he's best friends with Michael Rooker. So, but yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like a Hollywood blockbuster, but it's definitely something that I'll be looking for in the theaters when it comes out. It might end up at railroad. It might be a, you know, video on demand kind of thing, but I, I think that I would like to see this movie. When's it come out? Is it come out in theaters or? They just launched the trailer the other day and I don't remember when it said that it comes out. Huh. Yeah. But I saw that and I thought, yep, this is something I can get behind. And I think that it's something that you would also be able to get behind. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome. No, knowing who you are and, you know, what you like of things. I'm twisted in my brains. I'm twisted. Yeah. Yeah. When's this coming out? Uh, March 17, 2017, according to IMDb. Oh, that's going to be at the theater. If, if this is in the theater near us, I'm going to have to watch it in the theaters. Uh, I agree. I'm going to have to go check it out. Yeah. But yeah, check out the trailer. Uh, like I said, they got a red band out there, so you get the full blood and gore and everything. And Yeah. But that's yeah, all. That I, sounds awesome. Yeah. That really does sound awesome. And uh, I think that's all I got this week. What about nice. you? <sighs> no, that's everything. I got everything. Everything's cool. covered. Yeah. I can't wait to go watch this trailer now. Well, I, <laughs> I think we've got about <laughs> one more week of being full of shows and then it's going to drop off for the Christmas season. Yeah. Yeah. So I think next week's episode will probably have a lot to report on, but then it's just going to go because everything's going to go on hiatus. Most of the stuff will go on hiatus. I mean, I've got, I mean, there's a lot of shows that I like, I mean, I've watched some other Christmas stuff this week. We've watched some other Christmas specials, this and that and everything. So, I mean, there's plenty we'll have to talk about, I assume. But, yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely be, I mean, there's already mo majority of what I watch is already on hiatus. Yeah. So, but we'll definitely have the season finale of Westworld to talk about. So, uh, I know I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's it. Sounds that's it like for the it. week. Um. So yeah, why don't you go ahead and reach out to us? Mike's a little distracted right now. He's trying to find the trailer for that movie. It's loaded up in front of me. Okay. There. Uh, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was a very accurate prediction. Um, go ahead and reach out to us. You can find me on the Twitter. I'm at SuperstarML. The show is at What Did You Watch? Of course, we got our Facebook presence. John Yor. Oh, uh, yes. I'm on Twitter as well. The Quantum Geek G33K. And thanks. Yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.